Stay Doomed is part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Print and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast which will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. What's that in your eye? Is that a flicker of intelligence? What a burn. What a burn. Oh, this is part two of Terra Nova. Yes, welcome back to part two. Please, if you haven't listened to part one, you're going to be real confused. Oh, yeah. So listen to part one of our review and uh, we're going to jump in. This is going to be episode 7 through 12, according to Amazon, yeah. of Terra Nova. Yeah. And uh, before we get into it, let's raise a glass and pour one out. So, what do you got there, Laura? Uh, mine is inspired by actually one of the first moments that we're going to cover this episode. Uh, in the beginning of episode 7... Uh, Commander Taylor and Jim go fishing. So mine is a uh, just a nice little sparkling water, but spiked with vodka, so it's surprisingly strong, much like the poorly CGI'd Marlin that almost kills Jim. Okay. And there's a Swedish fish garnish. Right, which is already gone. No, it's not. This is a radio show. <laughs> they can't see that I ate it during the mic check. How is it? I mean, it's good. It's- is it just standard vodka or is it flavored vodka? It is watermelon mint vodka. Oh, refreshing. Refreshing down at the water hole. Yeah. <sighs> I have... Oh, God. That the is... Portal to Terra Nova. That is which, a Star Wars drink. Yeah, it, it looks like the blue milk from Star Wars. I This made so much sense in my brain where I was like, okay, I'm going to use blue Coruscant and then I'm going to use a little bit of almond milk to for like white because the portal is like this big blue thing with bits of white. But the blue is not the mixer in this situation. The blue is the shot. So it's just, it's, oh, this doesn't look good. That being said, I haven't taken a sip yet. The idea is blue Coruscant is orange flavored because that makes sense. And the almond milk is vanilla almond milk. So this should taste like a creamsicle. Mmm. I should mention that in an attempt to make it bluer, I added some blue raspberry Kool-Aid, and that's really overpowering the drink. Well, <laughs> no. That being said, I'll finish it. <laughs> it's my duty here to finish things I don't want to finish. That's really what Stay Doomed is. I mean, that would cost you $14 in Orlando. In Orlando, yeah. Mm. Are they selling milk-based drinks in Orlando, Florida? Uh. Yes and no. They call them blue milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coconut and rice milk. Okay. Mm. It's like almost good. <laughs> like, like I take a sip and I'm like, this isn't that bad. Oh. Actually, it's very fitting. At first, I think this is pretty good. And then there's a turn and it's really bad. Let's talk about Terra Nova. <laughs> this episode opens with, as I said, Commander Taylor and Jim going Fishing. They've gone fishing. And Taylor tells us that when he was living in the desert, or the desert, the jungle for six months. Yes. Uh, fish were the only thing he could hunt that didn't hunt him back. Yeah, I, I forget 
if this was like established here or if this is previously established, but uh, Taylor is the first person through the portal. And I think this is established in this moment. He's the first person through the portal and they didn't know how the portal worked yet. Yeah. So even though he was the first person through and the next person went in like immediately after him, he was alone in what would become Terra Nova for, what was it, 120 days? 180 days. 180 days by himself just fighting dinosaurs. That sounds really exciting and fun, but not a thing we get to watch. Yeah. Um, th- and then Jim catches something. Yes. And it's a poorly CGI'd marlin. Yeah, it's pretty much the worst looking creature that we've seen on the show is this marlin. And the th- it's surprisingly strong and almost takes Jim off the rock. Yes. And then Taylor grabs him, and then I have a note that says Tumblr has awakened. <laughs> and that's the cold open. That's the cold open. Elizabeth needs to do re-entry exams on seven people who were at an outpost. Okay. Because there's several outposts that get mentioned. Yeah, there are, like, little buildings outside of Terra Nova. And Elizabeth is talking about how she needs to do re-entry exams on seven people who have been out for months. Yes. And one of them is a geologist named Ken Horton that Maddie stands. People applaud the returning team. They come back heroes. And Horton clambers out of his transport. Malcolm greets him warmly. And Horton goes, hello, Marcus. (laughs) So Horton is kindly and charming to Elizabeth. And then we see Josh at work in Boylan's bar. Mm -hmm. And Mira is already calling in the favor. That Josh... Yes. The Sixers are desperate for medicine. Yes. And since Josh's mom is the lead doctor, he should be able to find a way to slip in and get this medicine. It's a Schedule 2 drug, so it's not just something that like they can go get. Yes. Uh, he tells Skylar this, and Sky is like... I'm sorry. She tells Sky this, and Sky is like, you can't do that. You can't steal. It's like... Sky, you you set all of this up. Yeah, she plans, <laughs> How are you upset by this? She plants the seed of doubt that all of this could be for nothing. Right. And then Elizabeth introduces Horton to Maddie, her daughter. And Maddie has just given up her medical internship. So she offers to intern for Horton. Yes. And so they're looking at plants together. And Ooh. she cracks a joke from his book. Can we back up a bit? I'm sorry. Because this is where a weird plot hole is kind of introduced that I think we need to discuss. Okay. When he Josh is having this argument with Sky about whether or not she should do this, and Boylan's kind of weighing in and all this other stuff, and then the line is said, Mira is the only one who can talk to the future. Yes. And I just went, she is? Yes, this is brought up this point. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It makes no sense because that contradicts everything with Malcolm. Because Malcolm got Elizabeth to Terra Nova on his recommendation. Which means either he can communicate with the future or he made the recommendation before he left. Maybe? Right. I believe they are able to communicate when the portal is open. We do establish later. That they can communicate when the portal is open with the future. But that still doesn't clear up how they're able to then recommend people. 
Right. I just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, I, I had this elaborate theory that, like, Mac, Malcolm came over no later than the 8th. And then, like, they report back when the ninth pilgrimage is happening, who they want on the 10th. Yeah, I guess that's a way they could do it. I I was building this theory that turns out not to be true. That there was, like, some cave where they were spelling stuff out with, like, those special rocks they had. And, like, that just cave was left alone. And then they could go in there and get, like, messages. That was my big theory. I enjoy that when we've discussed things, there are things that you go, like, Oh, that is so elaborate, and then that's your theory. Yeah, I mean, I have I had so many theories about what was going on in this show. None of them are right. Uh, so Elizabeth introduces Horton to her daughter Maddie, and Maddie has just given up her medical internship because she didn't have the stomach for it, and she offers to intern for Horton. And yes. so then we see them looking at plants together, and she makes a joke that's from his book, and he doesn't remember it. Yes, she mentions writing him a fan letter. And he's really interested in that and asks her for a copy of the fan letter. Yes. I immediately think, oh no, Ken has memory problems. Jim needs to make out with him. Yes, that is Because that is the cure. Noah says this out loud. (laughs) Um, When Maddie takes it to Elizabeth, Elizabeth points out that Horton has had a stroke. Yes. Because she's like, oh, the book that he signed for me and the signature of the letter don't match. Right. So... We then get another scene of Josh and Boylan going to see the Sixers. Yes. Because Josh wants proof that they can deliver Kara before he steals from his mother. Yes. And they use some sort of goofy technology that not only does Josh get to talk to Kara, but, like, she appears digitally in, like, hologram form. Yeah, and can see him. Kara? God, Josh, it's really you. I missed you. Does this mean it's true, what they're telling me about being on the next pilgrimage? I promised you I'd get you here. And can see him, and I was like, wait a minute! How? Why do the Sixers have this technology? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. How do they have this when Taylor doesn't? I feel like this specific moment causes more plot holes. It's so, like... The idea that not only the Sixers have this technology, but they have it and Taylor's unaware, like no one in Terra Nova knows this is even possible, Yeah, is insanity. And so Kara like beams at Josh and they share like a small romantic moment and then she's gone. Yes. Meanwhile, Jim and Taylor are out walking in the jungle and they find a campfire. And Taylor reasons that it is Curran, the murderer from a previous episode. Yes, that was banished. And Taylor says, like, I'm going to stay out OTG for another day. You go home and tell Wash where I am. Right. And then we, uh, we go back to the orchards. We're in the apple orchards and we find out none of the apples in Terra Nova are edible because there is a black mold on them. Yes. But Horton has discovered a green beetle that Mm. will eat the mold. And make yes. the apples edible again. Yes. Because Zoe's always wanted apple pie. Yes. This is when I realized Ken is evil. Evil. Making apple pie. I is oh. He's making apple pie for a child. Mm. Or he wants to be able to make apple pie for a child. Yeah. 
For those who don't know, who, hey, new listeners that are just wondering why I'm freaking out, Noah has an apple pie phobia. Yes, he really does. <laughs> so as soon as they're like, we're going to make apple pie, I was like, ooh, ooh, no, let those evil fruits just rot under the... No one's thinking about the rights of that black mold. That black mold's got to eat, too. <sighs> anyway... Maddie then gives him the letter he wrote her and he gets kind of defensive when she asks him like a follow-up question about something and he can't remember. Yeah. And Zoe's uh, theory is maybe he's a vampire. Yeah, Zoe keeps pushing that this is a vampire. Maybe he wants your blood. And I mishear that as maybe he wants your butt. And you and I are both like, oh no. It sounds so much like she says, maybe he wants your butt. And we were both like, what? What? Maybe mom's right. Maybe I just expected too much. Maybe he wants your blood. And, and to be honest, that would make sense for like a little girl to say. Yeah. Like to not understand. But no, she actually says blood. Yes. We see Taylor uh, tracking Curran. He finds Curran and points out that he has like a nasty looking leg wound. Like yes. Curran's in the jungle. Not doing well. Yes, and it smells weird. He has been bitten by a Komodo dragon. Yes. And the thing about Komodo dragons, and Taylor explains this, and this is all true and accurate about Komodo dragons. Komodo dragons don't, like, attack you. They just kind of come up behind you, and they bite you once, which poisons you. And then they just kind of wander off and wait for you to die later. Like, that's legitimately what Komodo dragons do. So, Kurid's bit, and they're like, all right, we're, <laughs> the, the Komodo dragons are like, we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll eat you. So, then, uh, right after that, we see Josh clumsily and poorly break into the medicine. He ends up, like, shooting the door off. He can't get the door open, <laughs> so he shoots it with a pistol at close range so it like ricochets and like throws him against the wall because he's an idiot yes so uh they kind of point out that like whoever was going to do that is hurting this morning because of the backfire from the gun yes and then we we get a scene with malcolm wanting to talk to horton and horton is evasive and weird and maddie's suspicious and keeps asking questions Yes. Zoe says, you should trick him into eating garlic. Yeah, because he's probably a vampire. So then we see Taylor talking to Curran, and Taylor gives him something for the infection. Yes. For the infected Komodo dragon wound. And Maddie sneaks into Horton's lab. We're, we're jumping back and forth between these two stories very quickly. I this know it seems very... I always do everything sequentially. Yes, I, I know, but like just for the listeners, I want to explain, like... Curran and Taylor are in the middle of the jungle, and Maddie and Horton's story is taking place within the gates of Terra Nova, but it's just constantly jumping back and forth like this. Yeah. And Maddie finds that Horton has burned her letter, and she hides under a lab table, and sees him walk into the lab, and he's fine. Yes, he's, he doesn't actually have a limp. I want to bring up the fact that this table she is under... Provides no. no hiding. Yeah. Like, all he had to do, like, there's no way he didn't see her when he walked in the door. Yeah. Because that it's just a table that's completely open. Yeah. But apparently he doesn't. 
and then uh, we we get to like the next day, and Horton follows up with Maddie about a question she'd asked a few days prior, clearly signaling that he like looked up the answer. He looked it up so he could fame that he knows these answers. And then Maddie swipes his drinking glass, goes into the lab, and tries to run the DNA sampler on it. Yes. And Malcolm is like, what are you doing? Yeah, she's comparing the the spit on the uh, cup with the envelope she got, assuming that uh, the real uh, Ken Horton licked the envelope to close the letter. Yes. So uh, she's testing to see if it's it's a match, and Malcolm comes in and catches her. But because Horton has kind of treated Malcolm badly, mm-hmm. Malcolm's all about it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, screw this guy. Let's take a look. And I kind of wanted these two characters to form a bond. Me too. Like, like not a romantic bond because that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want this to be like a Littlefinger Sansa Game of Thrones situation. Yeah. But Maddie isn't really anything like her dad. And Mm -hmm. she's exactly like her mom. Yeah. And I could totally see someone like Malcolm thinking like, this is the daughter I probably would have had with Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. To form like a Giles-Buffy relationship. Yeah, to kind of like mentor her and be like her science dad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then uh, Boylan, Josh goes to work in Boylan's bar and Boylan smiles and confirms to Josh that Kara is on the 11th pilgrimage. Yes. And hires a drunk who owes him money to take the fall for stealing the drugs. Yes. So, uh, Elizabeth is panicking because there's a specific treat- patient in Terra Nova who needs that treatment. Yes, that the, with the missing medicine. And then we get one of the best scenes in this episode. We go back into the jungle with Taylor and Curran, and Commander Nathaniel Taylor fights a Komodo dragon. He doesn't fight a Komodo dragon. A Komodo dragon shows up for its meal. Taylor insults it, and then the Komodo dragon leaves. There's a lot of... Ah! Get out of here, you're ugly and stupid! And Komodo Dragon's like, oh, they don't have to take this abuse. I'm a dragon. I'm I'm leaving. I'm telling. Taylor then makes a deal with Curran. Yes. That Curran is going to earn his redemption uh, back into the colony. Yes. By becoming his mole within the Sixers. Yes. And Curran's like, they might not welcome me there. And he goes, you murdered a Terranovan. They might even make you a cake. Yes. Because he wants to know who the mole is in Terra Nova spying mm-hmm. for the Sixers. Yes. Uh, I'd like to just stress here that uh, Curran succeeds and joins the Sixers, but we will see zero of this. Yeah. We will see. We will not see their meeting. We will not see anything he does while a Sixer. It's just a thing that we're informed happened later. So then, back in the colony... Uh, Maddie figures out that it must have been Horton's lab assistant who mailed the letter. And that's why the DNA matches between the letter and Horton's drinking cup. Yes. And she goes to the eye and figures out that 
like, solves Horton's murder. Yeah, she finds, like, news stories about how uh, Horton went out into this, like, particular mountain range. And then later they found an unidentified body with the eyes and fingerprints missing. And, like, basically puts everything together. Horton appears, the fake Horton, and we now know as fake, appears. uh, And she runs out of the eye and... Horton is chasing her, but has to still pretend to limp uh, since he still has to show that he had this stroke, even though he could just sprint after her. And she silently runs through town. Yes. Because I have a big note here. Yell help. A man is chasing me. Help me. Hundreds of people around. No, that's not what happens. Yeah, and like... The one thing that is smart is that she's running full tilt through the public part because Horton publicly has a limp and walks with a cane and cannot chase her. Right. She still gets caught. Um, (laughs) She actually, no, she does not at this point uh, get caught. I mean, eventually. I'm just saying that like everything that happens after this point could be ended by her saying, help this man is chasing me. Yeah. And then people would step in and then she could explain the story and then everything would have worked out. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, with the drug plot line, uh, Jim asks the stoned guy who put him up to saying he stole everything and he's just like, it was boiling. Jim <laughs> goes, I want it like figures out that this drunk is lying about his confession and wants to get out of him what or who he's working for to take the fall. So he interrogates him. And the way he cracks him, the way he gets this man to betray the man he's working for, is he pokes him three times with a stick. That's it. He's like, who are you working for? Who are you working for? Who you work? I can't be asked the same question three times. It's boiling. Jim faces no obstacles. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much the truth. <sighs> um, so then, uh, Maddie goes to pick Zoe up from school. Yes. And the teacher's like, Dr. Horton picked her up. And I was like, oh, a random unrelated adult picked a six-year-old up from school and we're all just cool with it. All just cool with that. Like, a man who was seen chasing this teenage girl through the market. No, she, he wasn't seen because she doesn't say anything. And Zoe and Dr. Horton are in the orchard when Maddie finds them. And Zoe's like, when will there be pie? And Horton's like, soon. No, there's going to be pie really soon. Like, mm-hmm. he's genuinely not menacing to her. Right. But Maddie knows that she is in deep trouble. That, like, Zoe was kind of bait. Mm-hmm. And she grabs Zoe and goes like, Zoe, I need you to tell Daddy something important. Tell him I'll be home in time to make the asparagus. And then... And then Zoe runs home. Yeah. Then Maddie tries to run away, but Horton can now run full tilt. Yeah. She horror movie trips, and Horton catches her. Yeah. Grabs her, ties her up, and his plan is to have her get bit by a poisonous spider. Yeah. This way it looks like an accident. Yeah. So this guy is pro apple pies and spiders. I hate this man. 
And like Maddie doesn't know the Spider Go Away songs. So yeah, she was screwed. never told the Spider Go Away song by her father, who, let's be honest, holds that song very close to his chest. Doesn't just give that away very quickly. I also want to point out that in Terra Nova, the millipedes are the size of your arms, and the spiders are the size of spiders. Um, but then, so as he's trying to jam her arm in the tube where the spider is. Yeah, in the spider tube. Um, Jim, Maddie, or Zoe does find Jim and tells him in, about the asparagus. And right before he's able to get her arm in the tube, Horton gets punched out by Jim. Yes. Because Jim got there with no problem and faces no obstacles. Yeah. Somehow in the time that that took, Zoe got back and Jim got to the orchard. Yes. And then we go back to the house and it's Elizabeth and Jim drinking tea. And Elizabeth is like, I always thought you were paranoid having panic words for the kids. Yeah. Asparagus. And Maddie's upset about the whole situation. And Elizabeth scolds her. For handling this alone. And Maddie's like, I tried to talk to you. And she goes, well, if I'm not listening, make me listen. And I was like, how is this Maddie's fault? Yeah, this is all Maddie's problem. Uh, Meanwhile, Jim is really proud of her because for the first time we've seen like her be Jim's daughter Mm -hmm. by going with her gut and doing stupid things. Yes. Josh comes in and puts a vial of the medicine down on the table. And Maddie and Zoe are sent to their rooms and Josh comes clean. Yes. Just the whole thing. Jim goes to Boylan's bar and corners him. Boylan tells the truth that Mira can talk to the future. Mm-hmm. And then they tell Taylor, and Taylor goes, Lucas. And then the last scene is all of them in the orchard, and the apples are red instead of covered in mold again. Yes. Everyone gets everything they wanted. Like, Ken Horton is punished, but not before fixing the apples. Mm-hmm. Josh gives, like is not responsible for anyone's death because he gives back the medicine, but he still gets what he wants. He still gets the girl that he wants to to come through the portal. Like he still pleased the Sixers. No one's facing any obstacles. Cause I have a big note here. Are they going to punish Josh? We could, he he committed treason. (laughs) No, I guess not. And this is a big thing that we discussed. We discussed this episode a lot and One thing that I believe you came up with that would really help this is they should have had uh, Maddie expose the false uh, Ken Horton. Yeah. And just say, like, he's a murderer. He he stole the real Ken Horton's ticket to uh, Terra Nova. He's not who he says he is. And then Taylor should have came out and said, I don't care who he was before he got here. Look at the good he's done. He gets a pass. And that would have just kind of like set this new mood of like, yeah, your Snoopy didn't get you anywhere. We don't care. We care about survival. What he did in the past had nothing to do with our survival. And then this would create like moral dilemmas. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, you got him, Maddie. Good job. We never see Horton again. We'll never see him again. He's in the brig, maybe? Yeah, we, we have no idea. Yeah, you know, as much as I say, is Josh punished? We don't know if Ken is punished. No. Or Ken, air quotes. Because we just don't see that guy again. All right, next episode. Yes, episode eight. We open in the treehouse camp where the Sixers live. Yes, which feels weird. 
Yeah. Just like having no one from Terra Nova be our point of view and just being with the Sixers just feels weird. And then a dragonfly arrives and Mira holds out her hand and says, what have you got for me today? And that's the whole cold open. Yes. So then uh, Boylan is in Terra Nova jail. Yes. For having a relationship with the Sixers. Yes. They're trying to um, get information out of him. So they subject him to siren torture, which is one of the five different versions of torture. The five different versions of torture are blunt, sharp, hot, cold, and loud. Oh. I learned that from Buffy. No. I learned that from Angel. (laughs) So, uh, meanwhile, this is set against the Harvest Festival. Yes. Uh, Which is more of like a Founder's Day, based Mm -hmm. on how they're celebrating it. It's celebrating the anniversary of the day Taylor came through the portal. And the kids do a weird little pageant, and Zoe is playing Taylor. Yes, and it gets interrupted when a car that's driven by Archie and Jughead and his kids is out of control. And I don't know why there's a Harvest Festival now, but they're driving through. They do blow through a bunch of Archie comics, and... Watch to Riverdale or listen to our podcast on uh, to Riverdale and back again to get that reference. I thought you had written down really dumb notes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's we don't even get to the actual pageant for like the rest of the episode. <laughs> I Noah. just thought my notes were dumb. Um. <laughs> so Josh is still grounded. Yes, that's his punishment. Is he was grounded when he snuck out of the gates and. He had to clean latrines. He had to clean latrines. When which he stole a ton of drugs and gave them to the Sixers, grounded. Grounded. So again, sneaking outside the gates, a thing that everyone is doing constantly, clean the toilets. Treason, we'll let your dad handle this. So, uh, meanwhile, Reynolds has been... Uh, remember Reynolds? He's Maddie's boring love interest. Yes. Uh, they're checking out a medical outpost on Taylor's command. And they have to do a mandatory touch base every hundred clicks. Yeah. And then we go back to jail. And Boylan's food's been spiked with like a truth serum or something. And he's like out of it. Yeah. And he keeps telling Jim, it's by the tree where you left it. Taylor just leaves them alone. Just leaves Jim and Boylan alone. Just leaves Jim alone when his son was working for Boylan yesterday. Just leaves him alone. Yeah. And Boylan gives weird information to Jim about something being hidden behind a tr- or under a tree. Jim is looking for the pilgrim's tree. Yes. And he, he goes digging and he finds... Well, first, before, to, to find the tree, first he's got to do science. Oh yeah, he bothers Malcolm. So he's doing stuff and Malcolm comes over and this is where he drops that great burn. Oh my God, Jim, what's up in your eye? It's a flicker of intelligence. Who knew? And he is so proud of himself once he says that. And the relationship between him and Jim is they are not friends. Yeah. (laughs) They just kind of tolerate each other. So the fact that Malcolm just like stirs the pot there for no reason. One of my favorite moments of this episode. So... Yeah, like, then Mal- then Jim goes out, he goes digging and finds a body. Yes. And sneaks it back to Terra Nova and gives it to Elizabeth to autopsy. Uh, the body has been dead four to six years, based on Elizabeth's. And yeah. 
uh, there's a possible bullet wound. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a dinosaur. Yeah. That's Terra Nova for you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we see Reynolds, and he checks in at 500 clicks, and then the Sixers get the drop on them. And ambush Reynolds' vehicle. Yes. Jim goes back to visit Boylan, asks him about the body, and Boylan is about to answer when Taylor enters, and then Boylan pretends he's not lucid again. Yes. So then they're kind of like, well, we'll do the... He's like, I was trying the good cop, bad cop thing, Taylor, and... Uh, Taylor's like, well, time for bad cop. Yeah, because now we got bad cop. So we're seeing the little Harvest Day rehearsal. We actually see Leah and Sam, the kids who were taken by the Sixers. Yeah, we actually do get to see them again. Which Sam is has a, to go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, a giant dragonfly dive bombs the stage, and one of the soldiers smacks it. Yeah, he, Halo butts it with his rifle. And... When the dragonfly falls, they realize he's carrying a microchip on him. Mm-hmm. And Wash is like, well, that's a big old problem. <laughs> that's not word for word what she says. Uh, she states that they have a problem. Yeah. I think she says, like, we have a problem. Yeah, she didn't say it like a Minnesotan mother, though. <laughs> well, that's a big old problem you got right there. Don't you know? <laughs> um, so then uh, Reynolds makes it back. And then Maddie, upon seeing him, hurls herself at him and they make out. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'm really sorry. I was worried. And he was like, don't be sorry. Yeah. And they realize that Boylan could not have been the mole because he's been in the brig since before they put that convoy together. Yeah. And the Sixers attacked it. (laughs) When the Sixers attack this convoy, I yell yub nub. Because they, like, drop tree trunks on them and stuff. Yeah, it's very Ewok. It's very Ewok attack. Uh, So then Jim confronts Boylan again in the brig about the night Lucas Taylor vanished. And they realize it's also the night that this man died. Yes. And he kind of, like, tricks Boylan into telling him the truth by kind of putting Boylan up to, like, so you killed him. And Boylan was like, no, 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 no. I killed nobody. Yeah. And Boylan kind of says that, like, yes, Taylor killed this man. The reason I helped bury the body, the reason I get to run this bar and not be bothered is because Taylor and I made a deal. Mm -hmm. Which explains why, like, in a population of 1,000, Boylan is allowed to run the gambling hive scum and villainy bar. Yeah. Um, So then uh, Jim has to tell Taylor about the body because Malcolm told Taylor that Elizabeth had the body. Yes. And he was like, oh, there was an anonymous note on my door about it. And Taylor's like, I want the note. And then we never hear anything about the note again. Yeah. It, he Because um, he would have to face an obstacle. Instead, it's just forgotten about with his gym powers. Malcolm does not know anything suspect has happened. And Jim's like, yeah, I think a slasher got him. And Taylor's like, oh, probably a sixer got him. And then Taylor turns to Malcolm and goes, you're all right. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Poor Malcolm. Poor Malcolm. Uh, They find out about the dragonfly because Malcolm has repaired the dragonfly's broken wing that the soldier took out. And they find out he's responding to a sound frequency. Yes. Um, Maddie is directing the play, which I just have as a note there. Yeah. Because I actually have the note of, are there no other teenagers? 
Because this really brings up the question of like what young adults' role in Terra Nova is. Is it directing and studying? Well, because she mentions like having school, but she also mentions having apprenticeships. Yeah. Josh has a job. Josh had a job yes. as a waiter. <laughs> but we also don't hear him going to school. Like no. he never mentions homework. She does. So then Washington, Malcolm, and Taylor are following the dragonfly because they've set off. They, they're like, okay, the frequency is happening. Me, this is all interconnected with the play. Yeah, this is during the play. And the, the idea was they were going to set the dragonfly off while everyone was out of their houses to see the play. Yeah. So. Um, and they realized that the corpse was missing one arm. And Sam, who is playing the general, has one of his arms stuffed in his shirt. Yes. So they realize, oh, this must be the general that... Because the, the play is showing the history of Terra Nova, which feels so propaganda-y and stuff. It's also very weirdly canonizing a man who's still alive and in power. Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth and Jim start talking during it, and Josh is like, shut up. Yeah, this is live theater. <laughs> and then both of them leave in the middle of the play. Yeah. That their daughter is directing and their younger daughter's in. Is the star of. Yeah. <laughs> So Bad dad. Bad dad Jim. The bug leads Washington, Malcolm, and Taylor into the Shannon's house. And they arrest Jim. Yeah, because apparently this proves that Jim is the spy. Jim, not Josh, who was caught making a deal with the Sixers in the previous episode. Right. Oh, I, I have so many things to be upset about. I'm just going to let us get through this episode before I start freaking out. Because my first thought would be, it's Josh. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I was Jim... Yeah. I would be like, oh my God, it's my son. Yeah. He hasn't been home for two years. He doesn't know what Josh has been up to. He's been in prison. So Jim gets arrested and thrown in the brig. And Taylor offers to just free Jim, no questions asked, if he doesn't bring up the Mm. corpse he found ever again. Yeah. And Jim's like, you may as well lock me up forever. And... So then Taylor kind of says, like, you know, the general was my mentor. I had to kill my mentor to save Terra Nova yes. because they were going to remove me from power so that they could strip mine Terra Nova. Yeah. We, get a, we get a flashback. Yes. And in this flashback, it is Taylor arguing with his son. Yeah. And he's like, he's coming to relieve you of duty. And then the, the uh, general just kind of pops out of the wormhole and is like, you're relieved of duty. We're doing, we're, we're strip mining this. And Taylor just shoots him. How did he get through the portal? Mm. Exactly. <laughs> like just randomly, he's just like, Pop, I'm here. And like, they don't have like the portal thingamajig. Yeah. That like, <laughs> that's supposed to control the rift. That's not a thing until they wrote later in another script. None of this makes sense. Yeah, we haven't told the audience how that exists yet. Yeah. So then, uh, Taylor is able to kill his mentor, but he can't bring himself to kill his son. Yeah. And so then he just sent, like, Lucas goes out into the jungle alone. Uh, Taylor then frees Jim, and Jim and Taylor make a deal that they will do whatever it takes to save Terra Nova together. Yeah. And... Taylor then goes, yeah, Shannon's pistol charger made the same frequency. And Malcolm goes, that seems very strange. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm clearly suspects that Taylor planted the evidence. Yeah. 
And Taylor goes, well, what would you say if I did that? And he goes, I would ask you why. And Taylor doesn't answer. So then we get to the cute little harvest festival and Reynolds dances with Maddie. Josh dances with Zoe. And I point out that we didn't see Sky in this episode. Yeah, there's no Sky in this episode. And then we introduce a little boy to the colony because uh, a family has had a baby. Yeah, that's right. We get like a little scene where Alexander Nathaniel Duncan has been introduced to the community. He has the same middle name as Taylor's first name. Yes. So that I guess you can parade your baby around on Founder's Day. Yeah. I forgot this happened and this is never important again. And then we see fireworks over the colony that Lucas watches. Yeah. In the jung- we see Lucas in the jungle watching. Mm-hmm. You good. There's just so many problems with this. Yeah. What we're led to believe happened is Taylor put this frequency thing into Jim's house. Jim's house so that the dragonfly would fly there to frame him as the spy so that Taylor could talk to him alone and convince him that what he did when he killed uh, this corporal was for the good of Terra Nova. Yes. So had he not put the evidence into Shannon's home, the dragonfly would have flown to the actual spy's home and they would have caught the spy. Taylor sacrifices that so he can talk to Jim alone. Mm-hmm. He's still in charge. How hard would it be to go, hey, Bring me Jim uh, Shannon. I need to talk to him. Alternately, like, they were fishing buddies. Yeah! <laughs> Alternately, he could go, Hey, Jim, I'd really like to uh, have a chat. Um, Granted, Jim might go in, like, prepared for an ambush then. Because he's already suspicious that Taylor's a murderer at that point. But, like... If you're the president and you need to talk to someone... You're you, chief of security, no less. Yeah, you send someone to gather them. You don't personally go and frame them. For treason. For treason. Because so, there's no one to ground Jim if he has committed treason, which is the yeah, punishment for treason. True. Like, if he committed treason, like, who's going to tell him he's not allowed to work at the bar anymore? Yeah, who's going to take his guitar away? Next episode. Episode nine. Uh, Taylor is going OTG and he tells Skye, who's kind of like a surrogate daughter, like, by the way, I'm really proud of you and your parents sure would be proud of the person you've become. Yes, because your parents are dead, remember? Your parents sure are super dead. Yeah. It'd be um, crazy if they weren't. Taylor tries to go outside of the gate alone and a soldier named Dunham stands up to him and goes like, no, no one's allowed out of the gate. And Taylor's like, good job. Now get out of here. Yeah. Because there's new protocol because of this spy. Yeah. Even for Taylor. Everything's on lockdown. Taylor trusts two people. Jim and Washington, also called Wash. Yes. The only two people that Taylor trusts is Wash, his right hand, the woman who's been with him at his side through everything, and the guy who's here illegally that flew through the portal with a gun. Yeah. Who's been there... We don't know how much time has passed, but we know it's not been a year. Yeah, Washington is literally, like, his friend from 
before Terra Nova. Yeah, from Somalia. Yeah, like they served in a war in the 2130s together. Mm-hmm. So like he is he knew her for 10 years before going to Terra Nova. Yeah. And then went to Terra Nova and they've been friends for a further 7 years. Mm-hmm. And, and then Jim suffers no obstacles. And Jim is currently the commander of Terra Nova. Yeah, Jim is going to be in charge because both Taylor and Washer are outside the gates. Yes. So then Taylor is going to look at the waterfall from the very first episode that Lucas has been writing on. Mm-hmm. And Mira is also there. Yes. And, and Mira gets the drop on him and arrests him to bring him back to the Sixers colony. And again, I say why. In episode one, Mira sent an assassin to kill this man. Yes. Now, Mira's got him tied up with a gun to his head and says, March. It's like, no, your plan was to kill him. And then we, we get some of the only uh, insight into time in this, like, in this little B-plot. Yes. This is important. So, sort of. Not really. In episode six... Um, That's when the... Excuse me, in episode five. Yes, this is where the dinosaur was born. Yes. We find out that that was two months ago. That was two months ago, and Zoe has just kept it as a pet. Yeah, it's still very small. But so we can get like, okay, three episodes was two months. Yes. So they've been in camp for about nine months. Which makes sense, because they're also starting to prepare for the 11th pilgrimage. And if my, like, they're roughly every nine months. Yeah. Math. So my math is confirmed. Yes. Good job, me. Yes. Lars math. Give it up for Lars math, everybody. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that since high school. <laughs> um, so Jim and Malcolm are arguing about security and protocol uh, because Jim's in charge and Malcolm doesn't love that. Right. And then uh, Reynolds comes in relatively nervous and Jim kind of like gives him a bunch of crap before deputizing him. Right. And then I have a note. He is young enough to reasonably date Jim's 16-year-old. Why does he have authority? I realize later it's because there's only 30 soldiers in all of Terra Nova. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, they mention like, they mention that there are a very low number of soldiers in Terra Nova. Interesting. Uh, that's mentioned a couple episodes from now. So, Reynolds, and everyone's kind of like looking around. They're all in these like, observational outposts which are turned the other way to observe the colony yeah which no one's really happy about including the security forces yeah because they were used to looking out for dinosaurs not in at their own people and they see a light signal coming from the new construction area yeah someone is kind of using a mirror to send morse code basically yeah so jim and reynolds see it and they run toward it and we see the person holding the mirror is Sky. Sky. Sky's the mole. And she has cut herself with the mm. mirror shard. And in a bottle of the paint thinner is a drop of her blood. A single drop of her blood. Meanwhile, um, Mira and Taylor are marching to camp. Back to the colony. There's just an intercut scene of Mira taking Taylor to the camp, but nothing yes. happens in it. So Josh then finds Sky. And apologizes to, for dragging her into everything with the Sixers. Yes. Because dramatic irony. And Sky now works in the hospital. She's taken over Maddie's medical apprenticeship. Yes. 
Uh, Which explains away why she was helping with the parasite. Removing the parasite, yeah. Like, maybe that was the beginning of her. Like, oh, well, you were good at it and you were cool under pressure, so here you go. So, Sky has, like, medically fixed her own cut with, like, a magic sci-fi beam. Yes. And we find out through uh, Mira and Taylor having another scene back in the jungle. We find out a lot of backstory dump. We find out the sixth lottery was heavily rigged. Yes, that's how the Sixers got here. Uh, So not so much... So a reasonable amount of the Sixth Pilgrimage Mm -hmm. is rigged. Yes. Because if you're assuming... I'm kind of going on the it's half lottery, half recruits. Yeah. So that's roughly 50-ish people are Sixers. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so then... Mira's like I'm poor like I was poor in 2149 and she was so poor that her daughter contracted an illness right that couldn't be um couldn't be healed yeah they they couldn't afford the treatments but part of the deal Mira made with her employer is that her daughter is being well cared for mm-hmm. back in uh 2149 like someone's looking after her daughter and she's being treated for her illness all Mira wants is to see her daughter again and Mira's like, I'm not sorry. I did what I had to do for my daughter. Um, and then a dinosaur distracts her. Taylor gets the drop on her. And switcheroo, now she's been arrested by Taylor. Yes. Um, meanwhile. It's, it's a, it's a full on switcheroo. Uh, Sky is trying to figure out how to see her six or contact with the lockdowns. And then Josh is going outside to dig a ditch, like as part of a volunteer duty. Mm-hmm. And Sky's like, I'll go too! Because she wants to get outside the gates without anyone caring. Right. Uh, Jim is trying to run the DNA. Malcolm refuses to help. Uh, a few things. A okay. few things about that I don't want to get over. Uh, first, he goes to Elizabeth. Yeah. And he's like, Elizabeth, I have the evidence. And it's just a thing of uh, paint thinner that has a single drop of blood in it. He's like, I need you to extract the blood from this paint thinner and she actually says damn it jim i'm a doctor not a chemist yes jim i'm a doctor not a chemist and i was like yay <laughs> uh th- then he goes to malcolm malcolm refuses to help initially until jim is annoying J- jim just starts knocking stuff over and malcolm's like oh, okay i'll help and i was like jeez it would suck if jim had to face an obstacle for a moment. But no, he's just like, I, I, help me. No, do it. Fine. Yeah. Like, it's a step beyond poking a man with a stick three times. Yes. Like, Jim just, like, breaks something in the lab on purpose. Yeah. And he turns up a, a Bunsen burner a little too high. And then Zoe's like, I have to go. I don't feel good. And Elizabeth immediately sees through it and sees that Zoe's trying to smuggle... The little dinosaur, who she's calling Boxer at the moment. Yes. I think we forgot to Mal- mention that Malcolm's like, you still have a dinosaur? You have to get rid of the dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. And Malcolm is supposed to be, like, seen as unreasonable in that moment. Mm-hmm. But he's right. Yeah. Um. So then we're back at the construction site. And Sky. Well, Jim gets the clean sample from Malcolm. Yes. And as then, clean as they could get it. Yes. It's enough. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Sky at the construction site says like, oh, I'm not even supposed to be here. So I'm going to go check in with the foreman. Okay. And Josh is like, yeah. And then really she just sneaks out to meet with her uh, sixer contact. Yes. And she gives something to a guard and says it's this week's intel. And then she goes in to see someone. And then we don't see the woman yet, but Sky goes, she looks worse today. And they go, well, she hasn't gotten her meds yet. Sky sits down to the woman and greets her. The woman smiles, and we establish that this is Sky's supposedly dead mother. Yes, it turns out she's alive. She still has that disease that they mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. And uh, they're being she's being like kept alive as best as they can by the Sixers. Who have the treatment for this disease. Yes. So then um, Sky shows up. To the hospital after this. Like, she mysteriously comes home. And Elizabeth gives her, like, a task to do. Like, here, uh, can you help with this patient? Do whatever. And Skye realizes when she sees the DNA sampler Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. Back to Taylor and Mira. Uh, They bond a bit about their children. And they jump into the big waterfall together. And... Yeah, because they're being chased by a dinosaur. Yeah. This is this is actually really important. They have stumbled into a, a territory that's usually not full of dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but there are two younger uh, dinosaurs that are trying to claim it as their own land. Yeah, like this is our territory. Yes. Uh, the uh, jets and the sharks. Yeah, so they jump off into the water, which makes them lose their gun and stuff like that. So th- th- then they just kind of act like pals. Yeah, and there's actually, like, a nice moment where um, they share a romantic dinner of grubs, which they call yes. They're like, hmm, protein. And he goes, like, you know, you're smart and a good fighter. Yeah. Like. We could have been friends in another time. He says, like, in another universe, we would have been allies. Yes. And then, in one of my favorite moments, they hear a noise. And they kind of, like, look around and they're like, what was that? And then Taylor just goes, there. And the camera moves slightly, and there's a giant dinosaur just out of frame. Yeah. And it's like, brah! So they light it on fire. Yeah. And another dinosaur, like, comes out, jumps in front of its flaming love, and screams in dinosaur, you damn cock-blocking humans! This is our territory! And then they just run off into the woods. And uh, they actually then make a joke of like, that eh, was a good honeymoon while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, they, they admit that they were cock-blocking those dinosaurs. Yeah. I think they were saying that it was a honeymoon between them, but whatever. They were. So then uh, in the interim, I actually like skipped all the sky scenes and I'm just going back because yeah, it's been that's fine. too complicated to do it this way. Uh, sky has snuck in and destroys the blood sample. But the next morning when they realize it's been corrupted... They realize it's now down to the 84 people who have access to the lab. Mm -hmm. And out of that, there's only 47 women. And they figured out the blood was female. Yes. And so they're kind of like, they're going to figure out who among these 47 people who would have had access to the lab. It's not just people who were in the lab. It was like patients and families. Yes. And not for the first time, I wonder how there are no security cameras anywhere. The security yeah. camera's on the gate, and that's it. That's a good point. So, uh, then we have a cute little moment where Zoe is sad. 
uh, because she has to turn the dinosaur loose. And then, so she puts Boxer down. Boxer kind of like turns around and goes like, Yes. And Zoe's very sad. But then a full-size Boxer-type dinosaur shows up and happily adopts the baby. Yes. (laughs) My first thought was this dinosaur showed up and was like, you're the people who kidnapped my son. But no. (laughs) Instead, you immediately adopt little Chekhov. Because I'm sure we're going to see him again. Right? We spent a lot of time on this, so surely we're going to see this dinosaur again. We then get, like, this fun little scene with Reynolds and Jim. This was great. And Reynolds comes up to Jim and was like, it's a ple- it was a pleasure riding along with you today. That's, that's like, the cop term, right? Ride along? I did it. <laughs> look, I'm relating to you. And he goes, like, look, Reynolds, I think you're a good kid. And uh, Reynolds goes, like, thank you, sir. And he goes, no, you don't have to call me sir. Okay, Jim. No, no, no. It's Mr. Shannon. No, it's still Mr. Shannon. And then Reynolds, uh, Jim turns away and you just see Reynolds cover his face with his hands like, oh my God. And then Shannon giggles to himself. (laughs) And it's one of my favorite character moments. Yeah. Of just that moment of like the future son-in-law being like, ah! Yeah, that was definitely fun. So then uh, we also see that Skye distinctly calls him Mr. Shannon. Yes. And... Skye is going into Taylor's office because Taylor is going to take a walk with her to Memorial Field and tell her again how proud her parents would be of her. Yes. She clearly, Your definitely dead mom would be so proud of you. She gets a little misty and then Taylor calls her out like, you have something on your mind? She goes, no. And I, my next note is, I guess the idea here is that nobody is truly evil. Yes, because I have in all caps during my notes, I want... A villain. Yeah. Like, Sky has a reason to act the way she does. Now Mira has a reason to act the way she was. Like, can you give me someone to cheer against? Yeah. Please? I'd also like to point out, a couple episodes ago, they found a little random little girl in Terra Nova. Yeah. The little girl implied that maybe her brother was being tortured by the Sixers. Yeah. So Jim supercopped and came back with the brother. Yeah. Sky knows for a fact that her dying mother is with the Sixers. Yeah. And they have the cure to a disease that's affecting other people in Terra Nova. Yeah. Sky would just be like, hey, Jim, I notice you never face an obstacle. Could you break into the Sixers, get my mom and a bunch of medicine? And he would have been done in a half hour. Yeah, he would have been done in a commercial break. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have seen any of it. <laughs> so, next episode. Uh, we get to, uh, we see the portal and we hear some stuff about how the portal worked. Yes. The portal came through in pieces after the fourth pilgrimage. Because the second pilgrimage had ended up eight clicks away from Terra Nova. And the third pilgrimage had ended up in the lake. Yeah, because when you come through, you just end up somewhere on the planet. Yeah, until they had this terminus portal that now everyone comes through there. Yeah, they they're able to like locate the energy and stuff like that. And then Jim is questioning everyone who may have been in the infirmary the night the blood sample was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he questions a soldier named Riley. And she was like, why were you there? And she was like, I got my thumb crushed in a rover door. 
And I'm glad I wrote this down because Riley stays in the rest of the show. Yeah, she stays relevant. Uh, Unlike a lot of the other random civilians we meet over time, we're going to see Riley again. Was Riley the girl from the first episode? No, her name was Tasha. Okay, I got Um, confused. So, uh, Skye tells uh, Jim that she was with Josh because she was trying to teach him how to play chess. And Jim just kind of lets her off, like, okay, Sky, because it's his kid's yeah. girlfriend. Jim asks no questions about the hospital. Yeah. Which I guess for plot reasons had to be true, because if he had asked Sky if she was the spy, his power of facing no obstacles would have went off, and Sky would have been like, yes. Yeah, also, everybody who, everybody who crimes immediately tells people they crime. Yes. In this- <laughs> I'm doing crimes over here. Uh, meanwhile, at home, Josh is being annoying because he's still grounded. He's grounded. He doesn't have anything to do. Uh, but he does have an apprenticeship somewhere. Um, does he? It lists that he does. Oh. Um, because Maddie's little tablet cla- crashes. Yes. And she has the, the plex. She has the most realistic reaction. All of my life is on here. Oh my god. Yes. Please help. And so when Skye's following Josh, she's like, if your dad asks you were with me, and Josh is like, why? And she admits that she was liberating some copper tubing. Yeah, so she could distill more alcohol. Yeah. Which is a lie. (laughs) And Josh is like, okay. And uh, I I always kind of hate this because I'm like, I would have stolen the copper wire, copper tubing as a cover. Yeah, and gotten caught. Gotten caught and then being on, like, bathroom duty. Yeah. Like, cop to the lower crime. Yeah, And then you'd actually kind of sail under the radar because you got caught doing something silly and petty. Yes. Um, so then Skye goes out to go visit her mom. She's like, oh, who gave you this blanket? And it's Lucas. Lucas is there. Because Skye feels like the Sixers are not feeding her mother enough. So Skye's also brought food. Mm-hmm. And she's like feeding her mom. And Lucas is like, look, I want to be friends, Skye. And if you don't want to be friends, it's a long way down and I'll throw your mom out of this yeah, train. you could just throw your mom off the, <laughs> off the ledge. It should be also noted that uh, Skye's mom calls her Bucket. Bucket's like the cute nickname her mom has for her. Because she wanted to be a soldier like her dad. Mm-hmm. And so she'd wear a bucket on her head. Yeah. And Lucas kind of thinks it's cute and calls her Bucket as well. Yeah. Because uh, he's asks, evil. Jim asks Josh where Scott, where he was when they were sending the signal. And Josh lies and says he was at Sky's house learning how to play chess. Oh, it should, can, here, here's a, a very important note, though. Yeah? All of that was the cold open. Yes. <laughs> Like, we're watching for a solid 15, 17 minutes, and all of a sudden it was like, Terra Nova. I was like, wait, really? Yes. Oh, Maddie is trying to get a core for her, like, a processor, essentially, for her Plex. And there really aren't any. They need some to come in with the 11th pilgrimage. And so she's trying to trade Durin, who's the, uh, like, junk trader. Yes. For an abacus. No, with an abacus for the chip. Yes. She's trying to trade the core for an abacus. Yes. Like, she's trying to get... She's trying to give him an abacus. Yeah, like, it's the only abacus in Terra Nova. And he's, and he's like, like, yeah, there's a good reason. 
There's no Abakai. Um, and then she realizes that he needs a wheel for his wheelchair. Yes. Uh, despite the fact that he's like a junk trader and probably would have... You'd think he'd like have that. a wheel, but no. Um, then uh, Sky And there's another scene with Sky and Lucas... Where he just kind of like rants at her and grabs her face and it's weird. Because she brings him like a computer to do his calculations on. And Washington realizes that Sky is sneaking out. Like Washington catches Sky sneaking out on the camera. Yes. Um, and then Josh gets grounded again. He's re-grounded. Uh, I didn't think he got ungrounded. He's doubly grounded. He's more grounded than he was before. Maddie begs Reynolds to get her a wheel. And Reynolds is like, yeah, I'll see what I can grab. Taylor and Jim talk about a supply convoy in front of Sky. Yes. On purpose. Yeah, the idea is to do like a super setup where they set up a convoy for the Sixers to attack so that they can then attack back. Yes. Uh, the convoy goes out and nothing happens. Despite well, the fact that they immediately see Sky go outside the gate. Yes. The one thing that happens is Jim gets startled and turns around and sees a dinosaur because they forgot to include dinosaurs this episode. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, there's one over there. Look, see? All right. Write the check to the CGI department. Nothing happens on the convoy. Yes. And Jim basically is like, well, probably Sky didn't tell them. And Jim realizes immediately, like, oh, Sky must never give them anything truly important. Yes. Uh, they've never gotten anything huge. Yeah, so because Jim can never face an obstacle. That's my next Immediately note. figures out it. Jim never faces any difficulty. Yeah. And then Mira yells at Sky about the convoy. And Sky says she didn't know about it. Mira's like, your intel has been garbage lately. And she promises, Sky promises for her mother's sake that she will have something better for Mira. Uh, meanwhile, Maddie... Reynolds gets Maddie a wheel, and uh, by the time she brings it to Durin, someone's already traded him. Yes, Boyle has taken it. Boylan has the core. Mm-hmm. And she looks, and she wants to buy it from him or trade for it, and then Maddie makes a deal for services. Yeah, because Boylan's trying to get all this paperwork done. Yeah, Boylan keeps all of his books analog. Yeah. Uh, to keep anyone from finding them. And Maddie's like, I'll organize all this stuff for you. And Boylan's like, ah, I'm Boylan. And she goes, I'm Maddie Shannon. And he goes, Shannon. Here, take the core goodbye. Get yeah, out. Because now that he has, she has invoked her father's name, she has temporarily gained the powers of facing no obstacles. Yes. And Boylan's like, oh, okay, here's the chip. Sure, it could be that he knows that Shannon's the cop and he doesn't want... Shannon's daughter to then see all the illegal stuff he's doing. That's possible. But no, I think it's the superpower of Jim of not facing obstacles that just gives her the chip. And she's like, oh, thanks. I have a wheel if you want it. <laughs> so then uh, after Sky has given Lucas this thing that gets him, the, that helps him finish the calculations. He grabs Sky creepily and like thanks her. And he's like, yes. Thank you, Bucket. Thank you, Bucket. You're, and then you're little Mrs. Bucket, aren't you? And then she goes up to see her mother, and she's clearly very upset. And her mother says, "Like, look, I've been sick for a long time." 
and her mother tries to release Sky from her, you know, filial trying to help her mother. Yeah. Her mother doesn't want her daughter to do this anymore. Uh, I have the note of, it is sad and I don't want to. Yeah. Sky makes it back to the colony and Taylor and Jim threaten her. And she comes clean immediately. Yeah. As anyone with the slightest bit of resistance at all times does in the show. Well, she was also coming back to warn of an attack. Yes. Uh, because basically Lucas is like, yeah, I got the portal's going to work now and I'm going to bring in a bunch of soldiers and murder everybody. And she's like... Lucas is dumb and tells her the whole plan. Um, then she mentions 2138 because Taylor goes, why should I believe you? And she goes, he mentioned 2138, August. And that is enough to convince Taylor. Yeah. Because that's when his wife died. Yes. Um, so... Uh, there's a bunch of por- there's a bunch of soldiers gathered around the portal, and because they were like waiting for Lucas, and the portal initiates, and Lucas uses the portal to like set off a shockwave, and it knocks everybody down. Mm-hmm. Except for Taylor, Taylor and Lucas have a brief face off, and then Lucas vanishes through the portal. Yes, he is returned to the future. He has made it back to the future. And then we see another shot of Sky's mother. And we see a sinister-looking man approach her. We don't see the man's face as she coughs pathetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the colony, we see Skye console, being consoled by Josh. Because, you know, uh, the mole and the mole's, you know, accomplice. Yeah, get to just hang out in the hospital and not go to prison. They're not even in the hospital. They're just walking around the colony. Then someone comes up to them and brings them into the hospital. Because mm-hmm. Elizabeth has a surprise for Skye. Curran the murderer retrieved Sky's mother and escaped back to Terra Nova with her with the medicine mm-hmm. so that they could replicate the medicine synthetically. Yes. Um, Taylor comes in and goes like, Deborah Tate, and is happy to see her. Yeah. Genuinely, warmly greets Deborah and welcomes her back. Uh, he glares at Sky, and then when he leaves, Sky tries to follow him out to apologize, and Jim's like, don't. Yeah, Give don't. him some time. He's very upset about all your betrayal and treason. And then I have a note that says, uh, this show is too much convenient writing. It's so much convenient writing. The Sixer camp is now deserted because Mira knew Curran would rat them out. Uh, and then Jim's like, but Curran murdered. And Taylor's like, but today he saved a woman. So he's earned a spot back in Terra Nova. He's earned a second chance. He's redeemed himself. Yeah. So, you know, for sure, we're going to see lots of Curran moving forward. I then have a note of like, Jim literally has never had to atone for anything. He did go to jail for two years. Yeah. But again, we didn't see any of that. No. <laughs> um, we find out that Taylor couldn't save his wife. Lucas has never forgiven him. And they know that Lucas is smart and has a plan. Uh, Taylor then gives a speech to the colony that they might have to join a big fight. Uh, Deborah is with her daughter walking and standing, which is ridiculous because her muscles would have atrophied if she'd been laying in a bed in a tree for years. Yeah, uh, apparently medicine's working a lot better now that Elizabeth's got her hands on it. Well, I, I have a theory. I have a theory that Elizabeth is probably dosing her properly. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think that there's a chance the six... The Sixers don't really have any 
impetus to cure Deborah. Right. They have an impetus to keep her alive. Right. Elizabeth has total motivation to cure her. True. So Elizabeth is probably dosing her properly. Next episode. Yeah, so this will then bring us to episode 11, which is part one of the two-part finale. Yeah, 11 and 12 are a two-part finale. Despite this, they are billed as different episodes, even though the first part is one long episode. Yeah. So we're in 2149. Yeah, we are back at the future. We actually see the future. We're back to the future. We're back to the future. And it's still the, like, gray-brown sky. And, like, we're in one of these infamous domes. Yes. And it's Lucas and his boss. And the boss is concerned about the dino attack. Because he's like, what happened to your neck? And Lucas was like, oh, I got hit by a Nyka raptor before I learned how to survive. Yeah. Okay. We go then into the colony and there are 30 soldiers at the um, portal. Yes. And that's a third of the force. There are a hundred soldiers. Oh, okay. There we go. Now, that being said, that is a tenth of the population. Yeah, it's soldiers. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth is working on preparing for the 11th port, uh, the 11th pilgrimage, because the portal is tomorrow. She has CO2 for the colonists so that they don't get hyperoxygenated. A thing we're told exists, but no one we know had it happen. Yeah. Um, and... Josh is begging to go to the portal with them. And he's not allowed. Yeah, he's not allowed because it's going to be too dangerous. Also, because it could be either the 11th pilgrimage or it could be an army. Yeah, there's also the whole part where you're grounded for the treason. Remember the treason? Uh, no one else seems to remember you committed treason. Reynolds and Maddie exchange I love yous. And then I have the note of, oh, he's chum. Yeah, we. I totally thought he was going to die here. Taylor also refuses to take Washington, saying Washington needs to stay with the colony. Right. Um, they say, like, if anything happens, Josh and the girls need to hide. And Josh consoles Zoe as everyone moves out to go to the portal that everything's going to be okay. But Josh and Maddie then exchange a meaningful look that they don't quite believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to the portal and... Taylor talks to Hope Plaza, clearly showing that they can talk. They can talk when the portal's open. And the first person we see is a scared dude. Yes. Who walks in to 30 people drawing guns on him. Yes. And then his wife and child come through. Yeah. And then a few more innocent pilgrims, Mm. among them Kara. Kara. And Jim's immediately like, I got this one. Yeah. And goes and like gives his girlfriend, his son's girlfriend a hug. And Kara like, is delighted to see him. Like, Mr. Mr. Shannon. Mr. Shannon. We have this nice lighthearted Which moment. Josh has been with Kara since he was like 12. Oh, yeah. They would have to be together for over two years. And Josh is canonically 17. Yeah. So that means like he's been with Kara through the entirety of high school. Yeah. Which admittedly kind of adds some depth to that relationship. Because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, it's just like a high school girlfriend. But I was like, oh, okay. They're childhood sweethearts at this point yeah. the next person who comes through after Kara whimpers help me holds open his jacket and he has a bomb strapped to him yeah and uh, he just explodes and uh it's suddenly crazy gory 
Yeah. For a show that up to this point had been criticized for being very family friendly. The the man explodes. It destroys the portal. Jim is holding Kara at this point. Yeah. They kind of fly backwards. Jim looks around and we see people fully on fire with their skin melting off their body. Yeah. And then he passes out. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what happened to this show? And like a common critique of this show in the early episodes was that it was a little bit saccharine and a little bit too family friendly. And then this episode dropped. Could you imagine like this being your 10 year old's favorite show? Yeah. Because like even... It has dinosaurs in it. <laughs> and even the drama, like I, I, I was very into Animorphs when I was a kid. And a lot of the, like, political intrigue at this point in the show, like, the spy, and, mm-hmm. is very much on that reading level. Yeah. Like, none of this so far has been out of line for an older elementary schooler. Yeah. Until this scene. This could have aired on SNCC until this moment. Yes. Like, outside of, like... Some of the making out. <laughs> outside of, like, there being guns. Yeah. And but he, there's no bullets. At this, yeah. We actually see bullets later. We see one bullet so far because Boyle has a revolver. Yeah. So we get to a commercial break and it comes back and Jim wakes up in the hospital clean and relatively uninjured. Yeah, and I see this and I go, if he is completely uninjured, I am done with this show. But then it seems like he cannot hear. He, Yeah, he's got tinnitus, but extreme tinnitus so he can barely heal, hear. And I write down in big letters, Jim is deaf. He faces an obstacle. Yes. He stumbles to go talk to Taylor to find other people like standing there. They shove him down the steps and he looks up and Mira is now in charge. Yes. Of the six. Because he shambles out of the hospital in like a very like early walking dead. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like a little disoriented. He's looking for his wife. Yes. And we see that Terra Nova has fallen. Yes. Like, it's a wreck. Uh, and Mira is in charge. Uh, he almost gets hit by a tank. And the camera work is very... The camera work here really reminded me of a hunger, the Hunger Games. Yeah. And these are very similar time periods. Like, Hunger Games and this show would have been filming around the same time. Mm-hmm. That shaky cam as if, like, the person holding the camera is trying not to throw up. Yeah. Based on what they're seeing. Yeah, dystopian shaky cam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he almost gets hit by a tank because he can't hear the horn. But then luckily Elizabeth uh, finds him and immediately cures his hearing. Yes. He is immediately fine and we find out this is what happens to Terra Nova if Jim is unconscious for three days. Yeah. He's been out for three days and everything has fallen because Mr. No Obstacles has not been around to use his plot force field to save Terra Nova. Yes. I also would like to point out the Sixers and this army taking over Terra Nova. That'd be cool to watch. Yeah. Shame that happened all off screen. Mm-hmm. Right up there with the prison break. Yeah. Uh, Jim gets home and greets his family. Who are all grateful to see him. Yes. But Josh is in his room brooding. Yes, because Kara is dead. 
Kara didn't make it Kara, through the explosion. Excuse me. Kara is dead. He I cries go- into Jim's shoulder and Jim consoles his child. I really want to stress this. Kara and Jim were hugging yeah. at the time of the explosion. Kara is dead and Jim is fine. I, like, this This is not going to sound great. Did the fact that they were hugging mean that, like, Jim was shielded from the explosion by, by her Kara? body? That's exactly what I think happened. And, like, she was coming out of the portal. So, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Oh, God. Yeah. We're going to not dwell on that one. I But... This is insane that the entire, Josh's entire plot has been to get this girl here. Yes. And she is immediately killed. Yes. Like, I'll spoil this because I don't think you you guys are on the edge of your seat. I spent the whole rest of the show being like, she's going to walk out of the woods. Did you? Yes, because this is so stupid. And you never see the body. And you you never see the body. You were going to have a moment where she just kind of wakes up. And like I thought it was going to be like, she didn't know who Josh was anymore. So now his girlfriend's here, but she doesn't know him. Or something. Or that she'd be working with the Sixers, and that was part of her deal. Sure! There's so many more interesting things to do than just kill this character we cared about. Especially because she was key in the love triangle between Josh and Skye and her. Yes. And it's just immediate murder the hypotenuse. So, I was so infuriated by this. Jim is like, why are any of us alive? And Elizabeth is like, we're all hostages. Yeah. Because Taylor is nowhere to be seen. And if everyone in Terra Nova is murdered, Taylor has nothing to lose. Right. Uh, 26 civilians did die in this. Yes. Washington is a public hostage. She is being kept in Boylan's bar, mm-hmm. essentially like ads, so that everyone knows. Yeah, everyone can see her. Uh, the, sol- the soldiers are all dicks to Boylan. They stiff him on the bill. Boylan's not thrilled about it. Yeah, but what's he going to do? And Jim goes to see Wash. Wash has no plan, and she is drinking to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Mira goes to the infirmary, looks for Jim, and a nurse is like, well, last time I saw him, he was stable. I was like, Jim's been home for a while. Yes. Why are you not keeping tabs on who is known to be one of your biggest enemies? Yeah. Uh, Malcolm is alone in his lab working, and Jim ambles in. And Jim is like, why are you working for them? And Malcolm's like, I was pressed into service. Uh, You see that window? My lab assistant, McCormick, got thrown through that window and I refused to help them. Mm-hmm. I watched him die there. Yeah, like I watched him bleed out. He bled out. Remember this fun show with dinosaurs? It's also like we never met McCormick. Yeah. So like it's not... We just are told that that's one of the 26 casualties. Uh, people come into Malcolm's lab and it's Mira and Lucas. And Jim just kind of stares... As Mira taps him on the shoulder. And Malcolm goes, he can't hear you. Yeah, he's deaf and the concussion has caused him to forget things. Yeah, and then he hands uh, Jim two, like... um, Crutches. Yeah, he hands Jim two crutches. And Jim just kind of, like, looks vacantly at Mira. Even when Mira, like, steps up to him. Mm -hmm. And... 
Lucas, he looks at Lucas and goes like, Lucas Taylor, I know who you are. Yeah. And Malcolm is like, go home, Jim. (laughs) So the plan is to pretend like he's deaf and injured. Yeah, and he's had like a traumatic brain injury. Uh, They have this moment where uh, Lucas is drinking and in the like commander's office. And Mira just looks at him like, ugh. Yeah. We find out that they are saying that there was a containment issue at Hope Plaza and that there's a radiation thing. So regular civilians aren't going to use Hope Plaza. Right. So there will be no more pilgrimages for right now. And they want to send Mira to something called the Badlands, a thing we've never heard of before. Yeah, there's something that has literally never come up until right now. And Sky gets brought in. And Lucas admonishes her for betraying him, but has decided to forgive her because if Taylor's like a father to Skye, we're like brother and sister. I couldn't ever hurt my sister. Don't betray me again. And it gets a little incesty. And Skye runs away. And so they're in line. Like now every, we see that everyone's like in line to be served rations mm-hmm. instead of like their normal lives. And uh, Josh complains out loud, hot-headedly, about the... the uh, yeah, in public. Uh, yeah, about the occupying soldiers, to his father, who lucidly is like, shut up. Yeah, stop. I'm deaf. <laughs> and... Remember, I'm deaf. And I can't understand you. And I don't know where I am. Remember? No. There's just... Giving away the game in front of everyone and no one notices. Uh, then they're in the hospital and Elizabeth pulls a bullet out of a soldier, uh, out of an occupying soldier. And she looks at it closely and realizes that there are map coordinates on the bullets. Yes. And meanwhile, Lucas's boss bursts in because he's mad about a bug bite. Yes. And at this point, we don't know his name. And I'm just calling him in my notes, Evil Simon Tam. Yeah, this new character showed up. looks like Simon from Firefly, if Simon from Firefly didn't give up his life to go save River. Yeah. Like. And was evil. Yeah, like if he was a wealthy brat. So yeah, we kind of set up this new character. We don't get his name, but he's kind of just like a pain. And then uh, they're... Leading a convoy out, and the tank gets blocked off by Durbin, the drunk, the junk trader's wheelchair getting stuck. Yeah, it runs out of power in front of this convoy, so they're just stuck. And Malcolm is like, come on, he's in a wheelchair, give him a break. Yeah. And during the distraction, Jim stows away in the back of the convoy. Yeah. Uh, so then, as he's out in the convoy, there's a moment where... Uh, evil Simon Tam, who we then find out is named Weaver. Yes. Is talking to Lucas. And Simon Tam's uh, Weaver's ex- like establishing moment is that he shoots a Brachiosaurus in the head. He snipes one from like a hundred yards out and just kills it. Yeah. <laughs> and it just dies in the middle of the jungle. And it's horrible. <laughs> and even Lucas goes, that was a Brachiosaurus. They're harmless. They're harmless. And they're going to blow up the whole area with pyrosonics and get rid of all the animals and plants. So they can mine. So they can do strip mining. They're there. Uh, And the actor playing Lucas 
looks like he has a moment of regret. Yeah. Uh, that's clearly a bad acting choice because we never see anything like this again. Well, I mean, we we had set up a few times of Taylor saying, like, Lucas is a good kid. He's just troubled. Yeah. So they are, because as I always say, like, we don't have a villain. They keep setting up little, little nuggets that are like, Lucas is redeemable. Weaver, though, finally rolls up to supply us with evil. Yeah. Which the show desperately needed. And uh, so then they find... Taylor, because they follow the coordinate maps on the bullets. Yes. And Reynolds immediately runs out to Jim and is like, how is Maddie? Is Maddie okay? Yeah. And Jim tells her, I'm like, yeah, she's good. Everything's good. Well, and not everything, but she's fine. Yeah. Jim and Taylor have like a nice moment of like, hey, I'm glad you're not dead. And they tell, they tell, uh, Jim tells Taylor about the Pyrosonics and they think that Riley can, uh, diffuse it. Mm-hmm. There's also a great moment while she's trying to diffuse it. Because, like, they get there in time, and Riley's trying to diffuse it, and everyone's bickering over her head. And she goes, shut up! <laughs> and then she goes, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, but in that moment, I'm like, oh, I love her. Uh, Weaver detonates the Pyrosonic, but it doesn't blow up. Yes. Because Riley successfully diffused it in time. Yes. And Lucas is pissed. He grabs the diffuser button, and then, like... Hits it a bunch of times. Yeah, hits it harder. And then he shoots a space bazooka. Yeah, he's just like, give me the future bazooka. I'm going to shoot it randomly into the woods. Uh, And this is a big problem I have at this point, is that we've established up to now that Lucas was very intelligent. That he could survive in the the jungle all this time. And for him to suddenly be like a hot-headed, dumb, drunk moron. Yeah. I was like, that's not how he would have survived this long. Yeah, like, the fact that he is this genius that has been working on this calculations for years, and his grand plan was to be subservient to some other higher power... Yeah. ...doesn't feel right at all. No. We find out that two soldiers have been killed. Not anyone we know. Not Dunham or... Yeah, no no one with names. Yeah, although we never see Curran again, so maybe it's Curran. Yeah, that's the big thing that I was going to bring up a little bit later. But, like, you would think Curran would be in a very interesting situation in that he betrayed the Sixers and now the Sixers are in charge. Yeah. Would be super interesting to see what happens to Curran next. He is never mentioned again. Yes. So, uh, Taylor asks Jim how Wash is doing and tells Jim that when he next speaks to Wash, tell her she made the right call. Right. And uh, I was like, oh, I guess they're going to do like some guerrilla war stuff. And then we get back into the Shannon household and soldiers bring Jim in saying like Mm -hmm. he was wandering around outside of where he was supposed to be asking about Mm -hmm. the train station. Uh, Then we get like a little scene of Elizabeth and Jim where they remind us they're married Mm -hmm. and not just like good working partners the way they seem Mm -hmm. to be for most of the show. And Elizabeth was like, I was the one who found you after the explosion. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I was so afraid I lost you. And he was like, I'll always find my way back to you. And then they're sexy. The next day, uh, we see that Jim sneaks a tracker onto one of the vehicles. And Weaver finds out that three people... Three of their people have died. Yeah, we almost... They've been getting ambushed. It's almost shot like a montage of, like, 
Jim does a thing, the, the carts leave, people die. And it seems to happen a few times. Uh, this little bit I like. Weaver then tells uh, Lucas that basically they must have an inside man inside Terra Nova. Yeah. Lucas Taylor is standing in Nathan's home, basically, the home base, mm-hmm. looking at his right-hand man going, we need to figure out who the mole is. Yeah. So he's doing, he's in the exact same position that Taylor was in. I thought that was great. So then we're in Boylan's bar. And uh, Boylan sends Josh to go refill Lucas's glass. Yes. And Lucas can tell uh, from Josh that, like, he's sad. Yeah. He's like, oh, you didn't lose a friend in all this, did you? And then he gives him a terror and goes, buy yourself a new friend. Buy yourself a friend. And Josh, like, is upset, but, like, stoic. Mm-hmm. And then Sky comes into Boylan's and sits with Lucas and admits that Taylor hasn't spoken to her since she betrayed him. Then Lucas touches her face, calls her beautiful, and clenches onto her hand. And she's like, please let go of me. Like, stop. And Josh, in an effort to protect Sky, mm-hmm. punches Lucas. Yes. In a crowded bar full of soldiers, Josh punches the leader of the revolution yeah. <laughs> in the face. And just saying. Everyone gets into a fight, and then, like, it's everyone just beating up Josh at this point. Yeah. Sky bursts into the secret rebel meeting, which she's apparently priv- privy to. And we do see some people, we see, like, Durbin, we see Malcolm, we see Jim, we see Wash. Like, most of your named adult characters. Yeah, yeah, the reoccurring characters are together. And, uh, Skye's like, please help, it's Josh. And when they get back to the bar, Lucas is announcing that he's gonna make an example of him. And then Jim is action Jim. Mm -hmm. He hits Josh with one of, or he hits Lucas with one of his crutches and Jim is a better hand-to-hand fighter than the best army money can buy. Yeah, he's just taking out everybody. Until everyone pulls guns. Yes. Um, Jim is arrested, and they search Jim and find the trackers. So now they know that Jim's been putting the trackers. Yeah, because he went to save the day with like in- incriminating evidence in his pockets. And Josh and Jim are going to be thrown into the brig. Yes. To be continued. To be continued. It's finale time. Our last episode begins, predictably, with Josh and Jim tied up in the brig. Yes, and Josh explains that he was always so mad that his dad punched a cop and got arrested all the way back in the future. But now, for the first time, he understands what it's like to be angry and punch a guy. And And how sometimes you just have to punch a guy. Forgives his dad for being mad. Uh, I just thought that was so stupid and cheesy. Yeah. So then Lucas comes in and asks if he wants the good news or the bad news first. And the good news is that Josh is free to go. Because Skye has convinced Lucas to spare Josh. Yes. Um, The bad news is Lucas has like a taser or something. Yeah. Then we go to... The hospital setting. Yes. And Weaver is still complaining about the bug bite that he was complaining about in the prior episode. Yes. And then Elizabeth takes over for his care from another nurse. Yes. Can I just, I just want to inter, 
lewd something because I picked something up during this moment. Yeah. He complains about how tough it is in Terra Nova. And he says the mosquitoes are huge. There are plants that eat children. Yeah. I don't know how you people stay in this place. Hold still. Bugs the size of dogs. Plants that eat children. Why would anyone want to live in this nightmare? We didn't bring this up in our previous episode, but there is a, a very small plot point in, I think, like episode three, where Zoe gets a carnivorous plant. Yeah. And, like, can I bring it inside? And, like... They let her. They let her. In the room where two of their children sleep. Yeah. It very much seems to have been a lost storyline that existed at some point. Yeah. That there was some sort of Feed Me Seymour storyline that's being referenced here that didn't actually happen. Well, that's why she thinks that Horton's a vampire, because she's projecting her own bloodthirsty plant tendencies. I guess, yeah. (laughs) I was proud of that. So Elizabeth starts talking to Weaver about a parasite. Have you ever heard of Trichomonas sastri? It's a parasite known to cause heart lesions and slashes. In humans, the larvae attack the central nervous system and burrow their way into the brainstem. <laughs> From what I understand, it's, well, it's an excruciating way to die. Why are you telling me this? Because you've just been injected with half a million trichomonas larvae. <laughs> I switched out your antihistamine. Lucas Taylor is detaining my husband and you are going to help me get him out in exchange for the cure. <laughs> One of these is an antiparasitic, the other two are poisonous, and only I know which is which, and as soon as my husband is free, I will tell you. And he's like, oh, okay. Emily's a badass. Elizabeth's a badass. I'm sorry, Elizabeth is a badass. You've had a lot of trouble with names. I have. I had a lot of trouble with names in this show. I don't know why. Because people don't get called by name that often. That's true. That's true. Um, but we see Josh and Jim, and Josh, or not, excuse me, We see Lucas and Jim, and Lucas has his big old taser, Mm -hmm. and he's torturing Jim with it. Where where is he tasing uh, Jim in this? Are you referring to my notes right now? I I can't remember the location (laughs) that Jim is being tased. Do you have a note? Do you have a note on the location? That Jim is being tased. I may or may not have a note that says, And they taste me in the butthole! Which I may or may not have yelled out while we were watching it. <laughs> so he's getting tased in the butthole. And Jim finds out what happened in Somalia. Yes. That Taylor was offered essentially a Sophie's Choice situation. Mm-hmm. He could save Lucas or his wife. And he chose to save Lucas. Lucas points out they would have executed him on the spot. But they, quote, took their time with the mother. Yes. Which... Is gross. Yeah. Gross thing happened. And then he says, like, he could never live up to Taylor's expectations after the death of his mother. And felt that Taylor resented him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Weaver bursts in. And is like, Lucas, something happened. Whatever. And... <laughs> Leave so I can get my antidote. Yeah. And Lucas immediately tells Weaver, like, keep him alive. Lucas, uh... Weaver frees Jim, and Elizabeth immediately holds up her end of the deal, and he goes, and he's like, the parasites. And she's like, what parasites? Weaver is a highly suggestible hypochondriac. And then he realizes what she's done and went, you just gave me, and she went, a sedative, yes. 
And he then he passes, passes out. This was all fun. And then Josh goes, Mom, that was awesome. That was awesome. And so there's a plan to rescue specifically the Shannon family and Wash. Yes. And so the Shannons and Wash escape. And in the time since they get out of the house, the soldiers surround the Shannon household, find Weaver alive but unconscious. And they realize that they have about five minutes. Um, the Shannon family has about five minutes to get out of the uh, disabled Perimeter, yeah. yeah. And they realize, Wash kind of decides that they can't do it uh, with her surviving. Yeah, she, she has to become to, a diversion. She has to be the distraction. And then you say... Wash can't survive a Fox show. Yes. I wanted you to sit in that. If you're going to make me announce that I had tased in the butthole right now. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think Washes survive one season Fox shows. So Reynolds then, do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Washes don't. She asks Jim to remind Taylor uh, about Chulao Cham. Yes. Which we will find out is a battle in the uh, Somalian War. Yes. During the Somalian War, there was a battle there. Uh, despite the fact that that's actually a Vietnamese location. Um, I feel like there's one or two times where they actually say Vietnam instead of Somalia. Yeah, I think Taylor's like a military... It's probably two different wars. Maybe. But the show doesn't really make a lot of effort to differentiate them. Uh, despite the fact that he was recently tortured and like tased a bunch... Jim can still run fine. Yeah, Jim needs a little bit of help from Josh when first escaping. Yeah. But then he shakes it off. And then, like, uh, Maddie, Elizabeth, and Zoe are all running together. Mm -hmm. And they ask themselves, how are we going to know when to run? And Wash goes, you'll know. Yes. And then Wash leaves them. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, there's a huge explosion some distance away. And... That's clearly Wash's distraction. Lucas stares at the explosion, and the Shannon family gets out of the fence. Yes. Taylor gets a soldier to go pick up the Shannons, and Wash fights off several soldiers, but is ultimately detained. Mm -hmm. She's forced on her knees in front of Lucas, and she stands to stare Lucas down, to like stand on her feet. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lucas is asking where his father is. Yeah, Weaver's there, so the sedative already wore off. Yeah, he's awake already. And Taylor's upset. Taylor does not want to leave Wash behind. Mm-hmm. And Jim says, like, Taylor's, like, leveling his gun to shoot Lucas or Weaver. And Jim's like, you can't. Like, you'll give up everything if you give up our location right now by shooting. And you yell, hit him in the nuts. Yes. Well, I would like to say that there was a couple crotch shots. Yeah, a wash during the the capturing of wash. Wash has no um, ethical qualms about that. No. So, uh, but then she looks Lucas in the eyes and says, "You know, you have your father's eyes," which is an emotional nut shot. Yes. For the ages. And Lucas kills her. Lucas shoots and kills Wash. Point. Blank. We lose Wash. And we do get like this shot of her laying there and like the searchlights that now sweep Terra Nova all night. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I have that thought of like, oh my God, you would never be able to sleep with searchlights going on all night. 
No, this would be terrible. No, you don't like the nightlight. No, I certainly don't. Um, so, just the idea of having there be searchlights all night uh, just made me think of you. So then they get to camp, the uh, Terranovan rebel camp. Yeah, there's like a, a little station that they've set up, a perimeter around. Ewok Central. Yeah, they are now the Ewoks. And Riley comes in and she asks about Wash. And they have to tell her that Wash has passed and Riley's mm-hmm. very upset. And then Mal co- or Maddie comes up to her and at, I saw Reynolds in my notes and then said Mal because we've been talking about Firefly so much. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Riley uh, is like accosted by Maddie. Mm-hmm. And Maddie is like, where's Reynolds? And Riley is like, he's on guard duty and then she looks at dunham and goes like go take reynolds's shift yeah what? which is like a Just solid bro at move yes like we don't get a lot of riley but every time i'm like i could do with more riley yeah i really like her as a character mm-hmm. i really liked wash as a character yeah me too and then there but like a part of me was like is riley kind of built to be a replacement wash absolutely a hundred percent so uh, we find out that the uh, the Terminus still needs to be repaired, and Weaver tells Mira that once the Terminus is repaired, the Sixers are free to return to 2149. Yes. And Mira will be reunited with her daughter. And Lucas winks at her. Because Mira has returned from the Badlands, and she's brought something back with her. We do not see what it is at this time. No. But they look in and they're excited yeah, we by see whatever it, they see. We see it from the reaction of the object. Like, we're the camera's in the place where the object is, so we see them all look at it. It's very gold suitcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. So we have some sort of mystery important cargo. Uh, then we get uh, one of my favorite scenes, which is Taylor sitting at the campfire. Yes. And little Zoe comes up and talks to her. About how much she liked Wash and how Wash taught her important things about survival, like which way was north. And Taylor's just kind of like, yeah, she's good at teaching you. Looks like she taught you real well. And then Zoe just gives him a hug. Yeah. We needed more of this. Yeah. We needed to, I, like, this is going to sound terrible. We needed to justify Zoe's existence a little more. Well, I, I think... Like, her role in the family is really important. She's the heart. She's, like, very, very sweet and good. But we don't get to actually see her do that much, especially in these last episodes. No. She's very much, like, a load to be carried. Like, she is in the literal pilot. I mean, she was the star of the play. Lest we forget. I know Jim forgot and left the play, but I didn't. Yeah, like... So... Uh... The next scene we get is like a cute, funny little scene of Reynolds and Maddie just straight up making out. Like, this is the most we've seen from them. Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen a couple little kisses, but they're like making out. They are making out. And they're talking about like dinosaurs being in the area. And Reynolds is like, no, we've secured this perimeter. There's no dinosaurs in here. It's fine. And then they hear something in the bushes. Yeah. And something springs out. It's one of those cock blocking fathers. It's Jim. And then uh, the two spring apart embarrassed. And Jim's like, you guys don't have to... Maddie's like, I have to go homework Yeah, he's got all that homework that Uh, I haven't been doing because of the resistance. 
And then, uh, then we get a scene with Jim and Taylor where Jim reminds him of the battle. And uh, Taylor realizes that Washington has come up with a plan and that her plan is to blow up the bridge. Yeah, that's what the, the, the phrase that she said was. It yeah. was reminding of this battle where they blew up a bridge to save the day. Yeah. So they're going to blow up... Hope Plaza. Hope Plaza, which in is... In 2149. The place in the future that everybody comes from. This is where I start really having problems with the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I will save them to the end. So they'd be cutting themselves off from 2149 entirely. No new technology, no more pilgrimages. No more meds, No too. more meds. And then... Uh, we get a scene where Weaver and Lucas are talking about, like, the value of the meteoric iron, and Malcolm has fixed the terminus. Yes. Sky comes in and offers her loyalty to Lucas at this point. She goes, like, if Taylor's never going to forgive me, why would I be loyal to him? Yeah. So she joins Lucas. It's really, really transparent that she's not joining Lucas. Yeah. No, I, I didn't buy this for a second. No. So they're discuss- so the rebellion is discussing how they're going to blow up Hope Plaza. Reynolds and Dunham, the two named remaining soldiers, are posing as Phoenix Group operatives. That's the name of this evil company, by the way. The yeah, Phoenix the group. Phoenix Group. And uh, after this, Elizabeth holds out a syringe to Jim and says, "Inject as close to the heart as possible." Yes. And he's like, "Will this be enough?" And she's like, "This concentration would kill three men." Mm-hmm. And. He, they try to have, like, a momentary, like, Jim tries to say something as parting words. And she says, whatever you can say can wait till you can come back. Yeah. So then we see the convoy. They're about to put all the media, the three shipments of meteoric iron in to 2149. And Sky manages to get rid of the guard by being, like, three's a crowd. So it's yeah. just her and Lucas. Um... And then they're driving and Sky goes, what if I told you I knew how to get in touch with your father? Which diverts Lucas. Yeah. Uh, he's like, okay, someone else will drive this load out. I'm going to go with Sky." And he's like, okay, are you ready for the ambush? And she goes, I'm ready for the ambush. And then Reynolds and Dunham pop out. They boost her up. They change the QR code in the thing. Duh. Like, the fact that Lucas is so surprised by this is so dumb. So then Sky is, like, Reynolds and Dunham leave with the cargo. Well, they, they, the rebels yeah. that are Terra Nova have one of these trucks. Well, they take Lucas's and then they give Sky and Lucas the, like, the Humvee. There's like a little Humvee that's there too. No, they have their own version of that truck because there's the one moment where they roll up and they think it's the enemy. And they're like, no, that's one of ours. Because they, that's why they peel the QR co- code off the truck is yeah. to stick it on their truck to kind of like swap them. Because yeah. it's very important that the truck that Lucas is in stays in Terra Nova. Yeah. That's going to be a plot point later. So this new truck is uh, being taken out by Reynolds, the other soldier. And Dunham. Dunham, yeah. Yeah. And Jim is in the back of of this new truck. Because that's what he does. And since the Phoenix group is just a bunch of soldiers, no one recognizes them as Terra Nova people. Right. Because, yeah, there's Phoenix, like, you maybe don't know every soldier. Yeah. And once you're wearing one of their, like, berets... 
Yeah. It's probably really easy to look like another guy. So the truck with uh, Jim inside of it goes through the portal and goes back to the future with zero obstacles. Well, actually, I should come back. Yeah. There is a moment where they scan the QR code and it doesn't work. And then the camera cuts to Jim's face activating his no obstacles power. They scan it again and it works. Yeah. There's no reason why it didn't work the first time. There's no reason why it does the second time other than we cut to Jim for a second. Oh, I legitimately had the... That's the most realistic technological moment in the show. Because, like, I've gone to a restaurant over the summer, like, before Mm. the Omicron surge. Yeah. And I, like, try to get that QR menu. Yes. It takes me, like, three tries. Come on. (laughs) It's just one to order hot wings. I just want to order my pumpkin spice wings. Uh, So Sky is driving Lucas back, and he's like, you don't know the code. And she's like, I'll just jack the starter. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's decent writing because we saw her do this in the first episode. So I was like, okay, that's that's smart. Mm-hmm. However, like she didn't sedate him in any way. She gave him cuffs, but like cuffs don't mean anything. No, every single person who's been handcuffed has cut through the cuffs in this show. Taylor does it. Jim does it. Everyone gets out of cuffs. And Lucas does it. Yeah, Lucas does it here. He slams Sky's head in the car and knocks her out. Because uh, she was too stupid to sedate him. or Because she makes a comment of, like, I could beat it out of you. But I think you'd like that too much. And I was like, you probably should have tried to incapacitate him in some way. I don't even know why he's alive at this point. Yeah. Like, just shoot him. <laughs> so, uh, Malcolm claims that the portal is screwed up. He's like, Well, he blows it up. He has a hidden button in his pocket that he uses to break the portal. Yeah, well, yeah, he's untethering it, but he's also yelling at the Phoenix group for screwing it up. Mm-hmm. He's saying they screwed it up when they moved it. Yeah, but... he had fixed it. Yeah, but he secretly sabotaged yes. it. Yes. Because he has a big red button in his pants. Yeah. I... Malcolm is one of those characters that, like, I really thought was going to be an antagonist. And probably is kind of supposed to be. But he's great. But I really like Malcolm. I really like Malcolm as well. He He used a recruitment for a booty call. It didn't work out. He made zero moves on her afterwards, other than the time where he forgot who he was. Yeah, like, I really wanted to see him cultivate a relationship with Maddie. Again, not like a romantic relationship, but I really wanted to see him and Maddie kind of bond after we established that she'd be a crappy doctor. Mm -hmm. I was like, she'd be a good scientist. Like, she should really be, like, interning for Malcolm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a relationship I was, like, kind of interested in seeing more of. Because mm-hmm. it also creates an interesting emotional dynamic for Jim. Yes. Of, like, you know, oh, the other man who my wife might have married connects to my daughter in a more fatherly way than, like, I do. This is a great storyline to pitch for the first half of the show when it was very slice of life. Yeah. Not new political drama show that this has become. So, uh... In 2149, Weaver is talking about, like, we found something interesting in the Badlands. We see Jim pull out the syringe, and just before they unveil what's in the uh, carriage, Noah yells, oh shit, he brought a dinosaur. Yes, he stabs it with the syringe. Because the dinosaur must have been um, sedated. sedated. And uh, 
the the door opens and Weaver and this other evil man is there and they are face to face with the dinosaur that Zoe gave away that no that would make too much sense it's just a random dinosaur yeah <laughs> I thought for sure this was going to be Boxer and I was going to be I was going to laugh but no it's just like now nah, we kidnapped a random dinosaur yeah, it's a, it's and a we took him to the future uh. And the dinosaur immediately squashes one of the businessmen. <laughs> Weaver lets everyone die and flees. Because oh, this, this moment is too good to just skim over. Okay, I'll- Weaver and this other guy, who's his business partner, so it's a person he has a relationship with, are hiding behind something. Weaver looks and goes, it's all clear, go. And the moment he goes, you hear him be eaten. And Weaver's just like, all right, the dinosaur's distracted and runs away. Villain! Finally a villain! (laughs) I was so happy to see him! Yeah, and like, Weaver is... He's also like a really fun villain. Like, he's unsympathetic, but he's also just like a twerp. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a fun villain. He's not a scary villain, but he does have power. And he is evil. Like, he's yes. sniping dinosaurs and getting people killed. But he's also just, like, amusingly douchey. Yeah, he's smarmy. So, back in Terra Nova, uh, Sky emerges, completely unharmed despite having been knocked out. Uh, no marks on the front of her face, despite no. being banged into a truck. Yes. Uh, she tells Taylor that Lucas got away. Lucas is running through the jungle toward them on foot, and Taylor clotheslines him yes and then kicks him son kicks his son in the ribs and just brutal beat down Mm -hmm. this is intercut with jim running from explosions in a full action movie sequence yes and then uh taylor confronts lucas and says like i'm glad your mother's dead she'd be so ashamed of what you became and then lucas cries and says like it wasn't my fault she died it wasn't my fault she died And Taylor goes like, my God, is that what you think? Yeah. And then Lucas cries and begs for forgiveness. Taylor forgives him and hugs him and says, you're still my son, you're still my boy. And predictably, Lucas stabs him. Well, me and you look at each other and go, he better stab him. Because if Lucas is just redeemed, I'm this show is garbage. Well, we're in luck. Lucas stabs him. Lucas stabs him and I'm able to stay invested. Um, and then Luke, uh, Lucas lunges at Taylor to stab him again. Sky shoots him. Lucas lunges one more time and Sky shoots him a second time. Yes. And then looks at Taylor and goes, don't move. It's bad. Like, yeah, he's been stabbed in the gut. Mm-hmm. And then looks over at Taylor and like, looks over at Lucas, then looks at Taylor and goes, sorry. Yeah. I apologize more if I don't hold the door correctly for someone at Wawa. Like, if I don't notice someone and, like, let the door close. I apologize more profusely than Sky does for shooting a dude. Yeah. So, meanwhile, back in 2149, uh, Weaver has caught up to Jim. And he is menacing Jim with a gun. Yes. But Jim is just buying time because Jim sees something Weaver doesn't. The dinosaur. And then Weaver, little girl, screams as the dinosaur murders him. Yes, we finally had a villain and he lasted three episodes. Barely. He lasted like an episode and a half. Mm -hmm. So then the dinosaur is chasing Jim 
and Jim runs through the portal to escape as there's <sighs> explosions and dinosaurs and this is what the show was sold on. So yeah. The, there's like the bomb is exploding, so everything in hope is exploding. He's running down the pathway with a dinosaur behind him towards the portal. There are two guards that he passes, and they jump over the railings to pr- probably their deaths. Yeah, it boggles my mind that none of the guards in Hope Plaza jump through the portal. Yeah, like you had just. And they're like, I think the guards... Oh, no, because this is the irradiated. So these would be Phoenix Group guys. So, like, they'd know people down there. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. And, like, he he's running from the dinosaur. He gets through the portal. And he's fine. But, like, there's never a moment where you think he's not going to make it. Yeah. It's not like the portal's closing. Like... And when you're like, okay, the options are Jim gets eaten by a dinosaur, Jim makes it to the portal, you know he's going to make it to the portal. Yeah. And like, it doesn't feel like he's actually in danger. And the time spent going to the plaza, planting the bomb, and escaping is only maybe seven minutes of show. Yeah. For what should be a huge moment. Jim, how can I put this, faces no obstacles. He, like, also immediately finds Elizabeth when he gets back. Yeah, for the portal, now that the terminus has exploded, the whole idea is you could end up anywhere. And he ends up next to his wife. So, meanwhile, Skye has dressed the wound and gets Taylor to his feet. And somehow, neither of them, neither this illustrious military commander, nor this young woman, saw or heard Lucas get up. Yeah. Because Lucas turns out he's alive. I know what I sound like getting up if I slept wrong. Yeah. If I'd been shot twice. Yeah, you definitely hear it. Oh! Ah, getting away. Like, if I sleep on my arm wrong, Mm -hmm. I'll, like, get up and be like, oh! And, like, ugh. So then, Mira is talking about going back to 2149... And one of the Phoenix guys tells her, like, we're stuck in 2149. Or, excuse me, we are stuck in Terra Nova. We are never getting back to 2149. And you see Mira realize she'll never see her daughter again. The fact that Mira did not go over with the cargo is stupid. Like, yeah, She I'm, is not a Phoenix person or whatever. Like, if her entire goal was to go through the portal, she should have been there the moment it opened and jumped through. Especially because the whole thing was, like, once that happened, like, her contract was up. Yeah. So, like, the the fact that she's, like, waiting and not there when it opens is every... That speaks against everything that her character is. So, we're at the rebel camp, and Dunham comes up to Taylor with a phone call from Boylan. Uh, Boylan is calling on an unsecured line, and Taylor's like, what are you doing? And Boylan went... All the Phoenix people left toward the north, toward the Badlands. They just all left. Everybody's gone. Come back soon. I've got an empty bar that needs filling. Yeah. So the bad guys just all leave. Yeah. Because, because Jim's Jim faces coming. no obstacles. <laughs> Jim's coming. They're like, we should get out of here. The soldiers and the Shannon family walk back to Terra Nova <laughs> to the applause of the innocent survivors. Yes. 
Boylan greets Taylor, who is not wearing a shirt anymore. Yeah. And then there's a nice moment that I really like. Boylan grabs Josh and pulls him in for a hug. Mm-hmm. And that's another relationship I'd like to have seen more of. Absolutely. Of, like, Boylan caring about Josh. Because mm-hmm. we've established, like, Boylan's not a bad person. No. And I could see him, like, growing to care about Josh, and I feel like that's something we lost. Uh, the colony rebuilds, and... We track what was in the original shipping container that got switched for Jim and the dinosaur. Yes. And it's the prow of an 18th century ship. Yeah. How could a ship from the 18th century end up magically in Terra Nova? So then the last scene is the original five family members. No Sky, no Reynolds, just the Shannon family watching a meteor shower. Cut off from 2149 forever. I hope they managed to send over a core before they blew up Kara so that uh, Maddie can run her plex forever. Yeah. So... And that's the end of Terra Nova. That's it. That is it. I immediately think, oh, there's going to be other portals. Yeah. And I bet they're going to say that one of the portals is the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. That's why it's a boat. So that was my immediate guess. But that's that's not what we get to see. This is just the end of Terra Nova, minus something on the DVD extras we came to find out. Yeah, there was a motion comic. Unfortunately, the motion comic was very, like, you make it yourself. Yeah, so it so can't it, be, like, canonized, really. Yeah, so we don't really know what it actually had to it. There was a limit on what you could do with it, but you could essentially make up your own ending. Um, like, does Lucas get away with it? Does, you know, Terra Nova survive? So that, uh, I think it's interesting where we broke this show. Yes. Down for this. Because the first half I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the first half. It was a little slice of lifey. There was an overarching mystery of Lucas solving the portal. Mm -hmm. And then... The last three episodes in particular really start to fall victim to... In the last four episodes? Let me... let me The spy episode... Yeah. The last four episodes, essentially, really fall victim to convenient writing. Yeah. I would say the first six episodes of this felt like a Xeno Warrior Princess-esque show. Yeah, like, a fun adventure show. Yeah, these are all characters that like have traits and they're in a very strange world. But at the end of every episode, we're going to reset to status quo. And you can watch these in any order. It's not until after that when we finally get like the plot of what's really going on. Yeah. That we then lose all the slice of life stuff. And I kept wanting to compare this to Buffy. Buffy has those episodes that are like self-contained stories. Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week. But they usually end with the big bad for the season. Mm -hmm. Sitting back being like, "Mm, this Slayer girl. You can see she's going to be a problem. Just to remind us as the audience, like, there is a big overarching story that's coming. Yeah. We don't see Lucas at all until the last scene of, of the sixth episode. And then he's the most important thing. Yeah. 
Uh, Lucas is also just a crappy villain. Yeah, I don't understand him at all. Like, he's brilliant, and he's been able to survive for years alone in the jungle. But then, like, the minute he gets any success, he becomes, like, a drunk hothead. Mm-hmm. Who's also become stupid whenever Sky's concerned. Yeah, and, like, there was also all this stuff implying that Lucas wasn't with the Sixers. Yeah. Lucas was an independent force. And there's that whole thing between Mira and uh, Taylor where she's like, yeah, Lucas isn't there anymore. Like, Lucas should have been unhinged madness. That, like, you know, pairs well with brilliance. Where it's, like, hard to express yourself because you're always thinking about numbers. But, like, he cracks his math thing and then immediately becomes a good employee. Yeah. Like, that, that's not entertaining. Uh, I also, I really want to bring this up. We are supposed to be on Team Terra Nova. Yeah. We want Taylor and we want Jim to succeed in protecting Terra Nova. What the Phoenix people want to do is strip this planet of resources so that they can give it to the people in 2149 who are dying. Yes. Because it's so terrible. Yes. So Jim and Taylor make the decision that their lives are more important than the lives of the entire world they left behind. Yeah. When they blow up Hope Plaza. And they're the good guys. Yeah, they don't really have like... They don't really have that level of altruism that we kind of needed them to have. And like, the Phoenix people, it's not like they're a charity group that are going to redistribute the the materials equally. No. Like... They, I think they should have leaned a little bit more on, like, this is all for profit. Yeah. And, like, the riches of the rich will get better, but no one else will. But they don't really do that. And also, I really... They needed something more in Terra Nova that is important besides themselves. Yes. Whether it was something like there was a... Like, an extinct animal that still existed that they're like if we let taylor do this these this you mean life, like all the dinosaurs <laughs> they the dinosaurs are nothing but threats to them other than the brontosaurus right they're never a, a source or a resource or an entity that they care about that they want to protect if they were it would make sense or if there was something about like that precious metal that they want that is used to make nukes and they're like, if we give this to them, they will destroy the pa- the the future. Oh, my nose is bleeding. They will destroy the world we once knew. Yeah. They're going to use this to make weapons, and we can't let them do that. But no, it's, in, it's entirely selfish. It's entirely self-preservation. Yes. If they were like, we have to protect Jim. He has the power to face no obstacle. And they can't use that power for evil. That would be something. Yeah. Instead. There's nothing to, like, grab onto and be like, this is what that makes their side morally correct. Yeah. And, and there's not enough in Phoenix to be like, this is why they're morally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my biggest problem with all of this. 
Yeah, I, I just, I missed the slice of life when it turned into the overarching. Because the show just became something else entirely. Yeah, and like, if I feel like it would have been okay if it was integrated from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like, once you introduced all that stuff, the slice of life story of Zoe and the dinosaur was the most annoying thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, people's lives are in danger. Yeah, but my pet dinosaur has to get let go. What I would have loved is I would have loved if, like, Zoe... We see... One of Zoe's establishing moments is her feeding the brontosaurus and her raising the anklet. Like, have her just have a knack with them. And then you could have had a moment where, like, Zoe is threatened by a Phoenix group member and one of the dinosaurs defends her specifically. Like... You know, then that's where we could see Boxer again. Yeah. Boxer specifically defends Zoe. Like, I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities with this show. Absolutely. It's just, there's not enough there, in my opinion. Uh, Question from Patreon. Yes. Uh, Do you think there's a way to make this show cheaper to produce from a budgetary perspective in order for it to continue? I say no. I, because we did do a little bit of research and we found out what season two was going to be. Yeah. Season two was going to, the big bad was going to be a super intelligent dinosaur. Where was that? We watched the, the one video about it. Because I actually, I saw um, interview, I was reading interviews with the cast. Okay. And it was actually going to be uh, Taylor. Oh, that's not what I heard. But, get, but you go first. This was an interview with the actor who played Taylor that, like, he was going to start to crack okay. with everything that had been happening. And Jim was going to have to really start to step up. Interesting. And it was going to deal with the Badlands. The Phoenix group would still be there and be a presence. But also, no one could get back to 2149. So, like, can these groups coexist at this point? Okay. Uh, the the thing that I watched from what was it Sun something Productions Sun Productions Bright Sun Productions Bright Sun Productions said that the future was going to see a threat from a super intelligent dinosaur because the dinosaurs were the things that most people were relating to in test groups. Okay, I think the main problem with the way this they went about things is everything feels rushed. Yes, like we and Sky says it in the beginning. This is the problem that sets everything off. Wow. Going outside the gates on your first day, that must be some sort of record. If we didn't go outside the gates for a season and just heard growls and roars, yeah, that would be something. Because I, everyone compares this show to Lost. And Lost has the smoke monster. Yes. You didn't see smoke monster for episodes at a time. You might have heard it. But you didn't see it because it was a big, expensive CGI smoke monster. They made sure you saw a dinosaur in every single episode of Terra Nova because they wanted dinosaurs to be their identity. So I, I'm looking at another... I found an interview with the executive producer and we are both right. Okay. The, uh, the intelligent breed of dinosaur and the Taylor subplot were both season two. Okay. So we're both right. We just were going from different sources. Right. Yay. Good for us. Good. We're talking about how they rushed everything. Yes. And I I see that. All the relationships feel rushed. Like, Maddie and Reynolds 
get together in like the first few minutes of episode two. It seems yeah. like. And we don't see enough of them really bonding or connecting. They're very much well, they're together. Yeah, it's just it just happens immediately. And Jim we, reassimilates back into his family with very little fanfare or trouble because Jim doesn't face obstacles. Jim doesn't face obstacles. Because I know we both had this moment where Jim gets knocked out and then he wakes up and the Sixers and the Phoenix people have completely taken uh, control of the camp. We were both like, this is a season of television. I Because that was something I really wanted to see. I really liked the scene where Durbin accidentally stalls his wheelchair in front of the tank. Yes. And like his interaction with Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Where Malcolm like, he's in a wheelchair, come on! I wanted to see more of that grassroots rebellion from the colony. Yeah. Because you know what one of my favorite parts in the Harry Potter books is? No. When Umbridge takes over Hogwarts in the fifth book, there's a sequence of the school kind of settles into a mutiny. And there's all of these really fun little moments of all the things that the students and faculty do to rebel. Like leading to McGonagall looking at the poltergeist and saying like, the chandelier unscrews the other way. Right. Allowing him to take down a chandelier. Mm -hmm. That stuff is interesting. And there's a slice of life element to it. Yeah, I mean, I think we spent a good chunk of the first part of this show being unsure if we really trusted Taylor. Yeah. There was all these seeds of doubt and stuff like that. When that got resolved, that was really the season one arc to me. That's what it should have been. And then we send Lucas to the future and have him say, like, I'm going to be back with an army. Yeah. And then we see him outside the portal or back in the future talking to hundreds of armed gun gunmen. And then the season ends. Yeah, and and then was, season two's the war. And that hype speech that Taylor gives like two episodes from the end yeah. is the last thing we hear for the season. Doing all of this in two and a half episodes was such a waste. I mean, the entire war is essentially two episodes. Because it ends on the explosion... And when, or it starts with the explosion, and then when Jim comes to, Terra Nova fell. Maybe if you gave Skye a season to be unsure of what side she was on. Yeah. Rather than 12 minutes, <laughs> maybe we could have bought into this instead of being like, oh, he's going to betray Lucas. I do, uh, to, I want to, like, I was, uh, Matthew also linked a, an article that I was reading. Yeah. And so I did, like, Look at that article. And it was pitched for $300,000 an episode. It ended up costing $4 million an episode. Right. There's a really big reason for that. Spielberg didn't want Terra Nova to look too much like Jurassic Park. So they didn't want to film in Hawaii. So they filmed out in Australia. One of the issues there is, one, like, you have in some cases very young actors being displaced and moved to Australia. Yeah. And, like, I know it's a far flight from California, where most actors live, to Hawaii, but it's a lot further to Australia. Yes, indeed. Uh, The actress who played um, Maddie, who is uh, now best known for being Princess Jasmine in the live-action Aladdin, uh, she 
said like she really enjoyed her time in Terra Nova, but also kind of was relieved to be able to move home. Yeah. But building all that stuff in Australia and doing all that, that added a lot of money to the budget. Mm -hmm. Because you also have to like put everybody up. Yes. Everybody has to then go live in Australia. I think you could have done the show less expensively had you filmed in Hawaii. Absolutely. Because there was talk about it being of shopping the show to Netflix or uh, sci-fi. And I think the first thing they would have done has been like, okay, you're filming in Hawaii now. Yes. Like, get out. Come on. You're, you're recording on a soundstage if you're doing a sci-fi show. If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you're recording in someone's backyard. Yeah, in front of a green screen. Yeah, I, I can't imagine sci-fi picking this show up because, like, it would look bad. And it feels like a sci-fi show, it which really is the shame. Does. It feels like... You and I compared it to Warehouse 13 in Eureka. Yeah. I think the show was at its best when it felt more like... Your, yeah, because especially uh, the main character in Eureka feels a lot like Jim Shannon. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Jim Shannon type. Like, to the point where I'm looking it up to make sure... It's, it's not, not the same person. It's not. But I, I, wanted, I can picture the guy from Eureka. Yeah, but like it's another it's Jim Shannon versus Jack Carter. Like it's the same per like it's not the same actor, but it's the same person. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, a lot of these actors have gone on to have really successful careers. Okay. Uh but I think there's something really funny about Jason O'Mara, who played Jim. Would you believe that this is not the only one season show he's been in where he is a police officer displaced in time? That is so specific. Life on Mars is about a cop who gets hit by a car in present day and then he wakes up in 1973. He goes back in time. Yeah. I mean, goes back in time in this one too. I mean, yeah. But I, what I'm saying is he, he's not like in a coma and then wakes up in the future. No. He's knocked out and sent to the past. Yeah, he wakes he up. Knocked him in the last week a few times over. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it and that is a 17-hour drama. So I'm not sure that we'd ever really be able to do it justice. It would have to essentially be a month long for us. Yeah. But we're, we're not ruling out doing it in the no. future. I just thought it was funny that he was in another show... A few years prior to Terra Nova, where he was a cop. Yeah. If we can interview it, this actor, I promise we'll do Life on Mars. Yeah, Jason Amara is successful. He's working. Yeah, that's, um, my, that's my way of saying we're not going to do it. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't think we can get him on the show. But if we could land him, I would totally do it. Uh, I would happily interview anybody from this. Because there's so much I would love to know. Even Boxer? Aww. How big has he got to be now? <laughs> yeah, he's probably real big. Uh, the one that made me laugh is uh, Mark Reynolds has settled into a steady diet of uh, Hallmark movies. That's that's a good way to make money. Yeah, he's just in a lot of Hallmark movies. Maddie is, at this point, uh, she was Kimberly the Pink Ranger in the Power Rangers reboot. Oh, really? And she was Princess Jasmine in the uh, live-action Aladdin, like I said. Uh, Josh has been in this. He was in that Truth or Dare movie. I'm surprised we didn't have to watch that. Like, everyone is pretty steadily working. Yeah. So that's nice to know. Uh, Zoe even seems to have just recently come back to the business uh, after having a childhood. Good for Zoe. 
Way to have a childhood, kid. So I, I, I did. I guess we got to get to verdict time. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this in the beginning, and then I think it went downhill. If there was another episode, would I tune in? I think, yeah, I would be interested to see what they would do with season two. But it's definitely not appointment television. And I bet you if there was another season, I would drop off in the middle of it. Yes. That's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't... Am I invested? Yes. Am I invested enough that this should get a whole nother season? No. If they released a comic book that, like, finished the story, maybe I'd give it a once-over. But I just... I, I would buy the graphic novel. If yeah. They bought, if, they, if they wrote and sold a graphic novel to wrap up the series, I would buy and read it. But I think another 13 hours might be too much for me. I think... If they had paced... If this show that we just watched had been two seasons, I would have been all in. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. But I think one of the biggest problems with Terra Nova, because here's something that we discovered in the research and stuff that blew me away. I, since day one of Terra Nova, before we did this show, just thinking about what Terra Nova was and, like, the concept, I always thought it was a stupid joke. I was shocked to find out that this show had, like, a fan base. Well, you had that South Park. That's what I'm getting to. In South Park, there's a, an episode where uh, Kyle hates everything. Everything just sounds terrible to him. And there's a joke in it where they say, Terra Nova, it's Jurassic Park meets Lost. Screw you, you'll watch it. And I think everyone kind of had that feeling towards Terra Nova. I know that was my feeling towards Terra Nova, was it was a lost ripoff with dinosaurs in it. That's not what this show is. No. It's certainly not what the first six episodes of it. It might start leaning that way a little bit uh, (laughs) towards the end of the season, but it was so not what I expected. And overall, I just, I don't think I'm here for this. So, I think just because everyone is so dumb and Jim faces no obstacles that I'm not wondering what happens to him next, I'm going to give this a stay doomed. I'm going to give it a stay tuned. Really? Because I did enjoy it for the most part. Um, I, I think there's definitely pacing issues, for sure. Absolutely. But I... I really enjoyed the beginning. And I'm hoping that, like, we'd settle back into a slice of life and maybe on the second season. Because they did have to film the entire first season in one go, which is not usual. Usually they film the pilot and then go back later and film. But because of the cost with keeping everyone in Australia and stuff, they actually filmed everything in, like, one. I just... I'd like to think they would have learned more about the pacing. Right, but... I remember you told me about the interview that you read with Taylor's actor. Yeah. Who says, we finally found what Terra Nova was supposed to be in the f- season finale. Which it, makes me think that that's what they feel like the rest of the show is going to be. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want that. I think the tonal issues are huge with the show. I think the first six or seven episodes are very family friendly. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a very, like... The whole family can watch show. 
Yeah. It's a little scary sometimes for a little kid, but everything up to the explosion is pretty PG rated. Yeah. And then everything after is like, a character you like is point blank executed. Like, it gets violent and rough in the last couple episodes, which I am an adult and it's not that bad for me. But yeah, like, I, it was hard. They clearly alienated some audience there while not having the audience for this more mature version. Yeah. Right. I'm still going to give it a stay tuned. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, so, uh, real quick bit of housekeeping that I don't know if we, we made in the last episode, but we kind of promised we were going to do Time Traveling Bong. And that show oh was gosh. horrific. Uh, and we watched one of the three episodes, and it was a half-hour comedy, and it felt longer than any episode of Terra Nova. And we kind of were like, I don't think this is a good episode of Stay Doomed. No. So we kind of just burned it off and we're like, ah, we'll do something else. So if you're wondering what happened to Time Traveling Bong, that's what happened to Time Traveling Bong. Yeah, we didn't think, because uh, sometimes there's shows that just aren't going to make good episodes of the podcast. It's why we don't do a lot of kids shows in general. Yeah. Uh, we Not that Time Traveling Bong was a kid show. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, that whole genre usually right. isn't very good as far as Stay Doomed episodes. So we don't tend to do certain genres. But this is one of those shows that we just knew it was going to be a miserable episode. Yeah, so we binned it. Uh, so when it comes to upcoming episodes, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Right now you can choose between the winner of the Twitter poll for Marvel Month yep. that I don't have the data on because we're recording this in the past. So Or the future. Oh, don't, don't be one of those people. <laughs> don't be one of those Which reminds people. me. Next week, in the future, we're going to be watching 1775, a sitcom about the past, with notable Stay Doomed alumnus, Adam West. Adam West, coming back for the third time here on the show. Yeah, look well and... uh, Cartoons Lost and Found. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure we mentioned that we have the next episode planned, because the winner of the Patreon poll will likely be the episode... After 1775. Probably later. That's probably going to be next month. Okay. Yes. I, we're, we're recording, bef- like, actually, but we're, we're taking advantage of the hiatus and recording yeah. ahead of time. It's 2021 where we still are. Yeah. So, uh, barely. Barely. Um, it is New Year's Eve. It is New Year's Eve as we record this. But we, this way we are, uh, we're taking advantage of our uh, time to do this for you. And uh, this way... We're going to have a, a short one in before our next longer episode. Because uh, based on the Stay Doomed poll, it looks like you guys have an appetite for more longer dramas. But those are going to be two or three episodes apiece to get yeah. those done fairly. We, we've also discussed possibly revisiting a couple of the shows we were not sure we were able to do full mm-hmm. justice to. But that'll be something we discuss Next time. Yes. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you have ever faced an obstacle, <laughs> I'm at Plus Two Comedy on Twitter. If you had anything to do with Terra Nova and for some reason like would love to talk to us, I would love to talk to you, especially if you want to talk about like the world building of Terra Nova, because I find that fascinating. I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time. Stay doomed.